Yakuza kick. Bam! Someone call Nightman! You gotta be kidding me! It's not worth it, kid! It's not worth it, kid! Someone call Nightman! One! He enough just went from a boy to a man in front of our very own eyes. He'll never be the same, John! He'll never be the same! That could be better. He ended his career! I'm on the table, right? And I'm laying down, face up, looking at the fluorescent lights and thinking, um... Wow, this is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, and the doctor is funny. He's you know he's having a laugh. He's done apparently he did 19 vasectomies in one day, um, and he says, "Isn't it funny how I just met you and I've already got your balls in my hand?" And I said, "That's funny. It's actually not the fastest though." Um, and he said, "Huh, that's funny." And then I added, "Usually drugs were involved." And then he said, <laughs> "He said, do you?" enjoy taking drugs and i said you know from time to time and he said what kind of drugs do you enjoy taking and this is as he's saying all right little stick and i feel a needle go into my nuts um and so i start to tell him about how i'm a recovering drug addict um and that Nowadays, I just like to occasionally do amphetamines, me and my wife. And he says, how does that affect your love life? Do you enjoy the sex on it? And I said, yeah, very much. It makes your dick kind of soft, um, but you can last forever and you have like less inhibitions and it's fantastic. Um, and then he cut through a part of my testicle and it was the worst pain I ever felt in my life. Um, so that's, that's that. That's that out of the way. Um, hopefully we can close the book on me talking about my balls for now. Yeah. Um, that's episode two of the Dick Cutting Podcast, the show within a show, and the actual show. This is Wrestling is Gross, episode three. My name is Bucky. What's your name? I'm Siobhan. Nice. Um, that's an intro. That's a, that's a fucking intro. I didn't practice it. I knew I had like a basic idea of the points I wanted to hit because it's a hell of a story and it's a hell of a gross story. And I think it feeds oh, into yeah. what we're going to talk about today. Now, we're going to talk about CZW 2003, um, a very formative period in, I believe, both of our uh, lives as wrestling fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you discussed um, on the very first show, the very uh, we both did, actually, in the opening of the very first show, um, I believe the year just prior to this, 2002, was when we both you know, became aware of people hitting each other in the face with light tubes and and became fans of it. Um, this is a direct follow-up to that period of CCW, builds off of that, and I think, in my opinion, really reaches a crescendo of, of that kind of garbage wrestling. Um, so what we're going to be discussing today, um, how, how would you frame it, what we're discussing today? I would say it's... A reflection on, and, and spe- specifically, I mean, I agree, it's, this is a peak for CZW. Like, unironically, this is 
like the the John Zandig vision, whatever the hell it is. It involves a lot of cocaine. It involves memories of blowing shit up. It involves construction. He's a New Jersey construction worker. He's the American dream of sorts. Um, yeah, the construction lot... worker part of it is definitely notable. That's going to come into play later. There's a lot. Uh, and But this is two of his boys. Two of his baby boys. Mm-hmm. It's not – so that's the thing. You could frame this as two of his boys. This is Nick Gage versus Nate Hatred. Um, as you pr- – I'm not sure exactly what clip we're going to play at the beginning, but I, we have a few ideas. It will have something to do with Nate Hatred and Nick Gage, I'm sure. Um, in theory, the central part of this podcast will be focusing on the separation of the hate club, uh, the hate club 2.0. That's Nick Gage and Nate Hatred. Um but larger than that, this is the feud between CCW, uh, the CCW Army, and the High Five, um, leading the CCW Army, uh, John Zandig, uh, Nick Gage, uh, the returning wife beater who came out of retirement to fight uh, the evil High Five, which is H-I-V, which I think that's... It, I'll tell you what, when I was 14, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I knew it was problematic. I'm like, they're getting away with something. And then, like, uh, Robbie Marino will literally say, the HIV, or guard you low, and you'll be like, they are not getting away with something. They're just, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing, but they're not sticking the landing, necessarily. Yeah, Gargiulo was not in on the joke. Um, as we'll find, he is on his own path, and... Uh, doing things, saying things, and uh, coming up with insane uh, insane verbiage that could only come out of the mouth of a complete psychopath. Um, so, 2003 CZW. Um, when we join our, uh, our friends here, um, it is August 9th, 2003. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you have dates up for this stuff. I do, I do. Okay. Um, I have uh, quite a bit of notes, but most of it is pretty scattered, and there are certainly no dates. Uh, do you know the name of the show? Is it um, Aftermath? We'll say it's shit. CCW Aftermath. Yeah, we'll um, say it's CCW Aftermath, because I... Can I Google things? We'll find out. Oh God. I can Google things, right? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's without it's destroying the recording. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, balls are in the air right now for sure. And that's a good callback. About, um, that's not. Yeah, exactly. As you say, not your balls, but balls. All right, the, um, my balls are in your yeah, court. I wasn't. It was yes. It was indeed aftermath at the uh, at the arena, the CZW arena at that time. Actually, tactically, I guess. I mean, they list as Viking Hall. Nobody ever fucking called it Viking Hall. It was the CCW arena. Oh, I called it Viking uh, Hall because um, that's what it was to me. Um, it was a place where uh, Vikings and warriors uh, did battle. Um, that's that's not wrong. That's not that's accurate uh, statement. <laughs> now, before we get into the actual meat of what we're going to be talking about here, um, which is the feud between CCW and the High Five and um, centrally uh, focusing on Nick Gage and Nate Hatred, um, who split up, separated, I believe, at Tournament of Death a few a month or so before. Um, 
I did peek through this show a little bit because um, I had the entire show available to me and I was curious about some things. I turned it on. I saw Johnny Cashmere uh, putting Simply Luscious uh, in a full Nelson um, because she was uh, denied his sexual advances or something. It's it's We start off on a hell of a note. Um, and he's no, got her in real- a... Go ahead. That's the, I was just cause that's a real like you know in, one image CZW two thousand three that sums it up. I feel like also the full Nelson is a very like it's it's a pretty triggering like realistic image. Um, it's like a, a I I think it's 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 pretty rough. It's pretty rough. You you see that and you assume whoever laid out the segment um, is familiar with the not just the concept but the actual activity of domestic violence. Um, He's got her in a full Nelson until Adam Flash and Ian Knox run out and attempt to save her um, by hitting Johnny Cashmere in the head repeatedly with unprotected chair shots. Um, But he is still holding her in that full Nelson. It's fucking crazy. Um, We're talking top of the head concussion shit. Um, So that's the first thing I saw. (laughs) Did you watch that clip? I didn't watch that. Um, I won't. Is it problematic to say that, <laughs> you know, that Johnny Cashmere, as a gay man, was able to pull that off because he was not going to pop a boner? Is is Johnny Cashmere... Or is he just a pro? Or is he just a pro? Okay. I, is, that a... is that known? Is he out? I don't... Yeah. yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, cool. like, I think... I mean, it was after he effectively retired. That makes uh, it... I, maybe slightly less, but still no, because you have to imagine that that the dig told him to go out there and like, you know, Johnny Cashmere didn't book that segment. Come on. No, no. Um, he, he probably also didn't say, Hey, Ian Knox, Adam flash, come out and hit me in the top of the head with a chair repeatedly. Um, they, he probably thought they were just going to smash him over the back with it. Um, so that leads into another thing that I decided to watch, uh, before getting to the actual meet, which, uh, a, fascination of mine always was the hurricane kid um hurricane kid towel boy um that like Derek frazier these like shitty junior heavyweights from this era uh that were shitty but also really fucking good um he's wrestling his last ever match um which i think besides maybe one other match was his actual last match uh comes out to face the current junior heavyweight champion ruckus um, and he's accompanied, of course, by Rob Feinberg. Rick Feinberg. Rick Feinberg. It was Excuse not me. that. Yeah, somehow, I mean, why didn't you just name him Rob Feinstein? Rob Feinstein, the other Rob Feinstein, just name him that. Why Why be, why, why you know, well, why pussyfoot it? I don't know. That's the thing. So Rick Feinberg is a man in a dress or in a skirt um, who looks pretty, you know, I mean, I don't know. As far as a early 2000s, like, northeastern uh, gay, like, twink guy. It's a pretty common look, I guess, the bleach blonde tips. Um, It's like your stereotypical, uh, you know, that era, that kind of of young gay man. Um, He doesn't doesn't have that defined Stinian face, though, I will say, but nobody looks like that man. No, but he's, he is one he's, of a kind. He's doing his best. Um, and of course, it's a parody of Rob Feinstein. Um, I'm not sure if this precedes the um, the 
IMs, of course, uh, Rob Feinstein, Rob Feinstein, um, of course, owner and uh, creator of RF Video, was a distributor of uh, independent wrestling videotapes and still is, uh, well known for his shoot interviews with some top stars of multiple eras, um, was, of course, uh, was he arrested and convicted for, I'm not really sure. Can't recall if he was actually convicted because he, he never served time or anything. He okay. might have pled, but that was uh, February two thousand four. February two thousand four. Uh, so, he was yeah, caught so, uh, soliciting uh, sexual favors from a minor on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Maybe it was yes. MSN or IRC, ICQ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was one of the sites and the famous uh, group Perverted Justice. Okay. Uh, it was, was right. behind it. It was. Actually, it was actually pre To Catch a Predator, but yeah. it was straight up the To Catch a Predator setup, of course, and it was on the Philly News and all of that. I remember it. It was, it was hilarious. Oh, so um, you actually got to experience this? So I just oh, read message yeah. boards. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like being from the area, uh, he was some. I mean, he wasn't in. He was somewhere around the suburban area of Philadelphia, sure. of course. Um, and I mean, but at that time, obviously, it was still known that like Rob Feinstein just, uh, I mean, he made a joke out of it. Like, oh, yeah. That was known before. It, yeah. Like before was, this happened. Yeah, I mean, the fun athletic guy, after all. Yeah, like, the fun athletic guy. You do the math. Um, so that leads into their match, which is pretty good. Um, Hurricane Kid and Ruckus have a pretty fucking good eight minute trash junior heavyweight match. Um some really great spots. Some, you know, uh, Hurricane Kid does a he he did a like a flipping unprettier. He would get up on the second rope, grab the arms like he was going to do a, like a tiger suplex, and he would flip over the guy, land in an unprettier, um, which is a crazy, stupid ass move. Um, he does it to Ruckus off of the apron into like a big pile of chairs, which is crazy. Um, opening match, officially, there were matches before it, but as far as the main show is concerned, this is. Technically supposed to be the opening match, according to Gargiulo and House. Um, but what's really fascinating is the finish, um, which... I, do you want to describe what how this plays out, the last minute or so of this match? Okay, so the last minute or so... Um, I mean, we've been getting some wild spots. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but Ruckus gets Hurricane Kid in a tree of woe position. And he's got some chairs because there were, you know, um, that fucking pile of chairs that he took the uh, Tamakazi into. The Tamakazi, you know? of course, right? Yeah, I knew there was a name. I didn't remember what it was. Yeah, um, he took that, and he took that into. Um, and he's just flinging chairs at his head. He does like like uh, her, they they do like a matrix spot where. Uh, Hurricane Kid pulls up out of the way yeah. as Ruckus slings a chair right at his head. That reminded um, me of uh, of uh, a Carino versus Tajiri, where he slides oh, yeah. the the chair across the table and it flies into the audience. Very similar spot. Yeah, um, and that, but then he does brain him, but not. But that's not the braining. <laughs> he so, does it again. Yes, that seems, There's there's another one and. Somehow, 
like it's just a the first one is just a completely unprotected chair shot. The man is in a tree of fucking woe. How the hell he has no chance of getting his arms up or anything on that first one. And you think well, that was a bad chair shot to the head. Yeah, top of the head, top of the dome. And then, um, but swung sort of horizontally, like a like a baseball bat. Um, Hurricane head. Hurricane head. Hurricane kid raises, you know, he does like a crunch and his top of his head is facing towards Ruckus, who is swinging that chair like a baseball bat, basically. Bam. Horrible chair shot. But go on. <laughs> so then there's a bit of interference from Rick Feinberg, I believe, is what happens. Sure. To set up another, the, the key chair shot. And you can see it live, of uh, live, in, in motion is what I mean. On our our, our uh, Twitter account, the official Wrestling is Gross Twitter account at Deathmatch Pod, and fucking goddamn, does Ruckus crack that motherfucker with the chair? Um, it has that you know that good open chair action. Like you can tell that it's, it's like bad. A down, it's a downward swing. Yeah, it's a. This is the, I'm I uh, Ruckus officially was. Hurricane Kid Strainer, so they had a history. They went back some years. Okay, okay. Um, so it was Did not like, know that. yeah, that was like, that's why I want you as my like last match. Sure, sure. So I guess uh, also Hurricane Ruckus Kid, one of the best in the fucking company. So yeah, fucking Fat Ruckus. One of the, I mean, I mean, I love, I goddamn, I love Fat Ruckus. Who doesn't love Fat Ruckus? Yeah, he was so he was a joy, but and he was a champ at the time. It was like a big deal, but like that's so, a, you know, and. I guess, like, this is your last match, you know, I know it's your last match, I'm gonna send you out for bang, and he fucking brains him before he yeah. does his, um, flipping Van Terminator, which at that point is completely freaking academic, he's dead, yeah. Hurricane Kid is dead. It smashes off of the bridge of Hurricane Kid's nose, and the camera, you can see there's blood, but you're not sure exactly where it's coming from or if it was already there, if maybe he was bleeding from a previous chair shot. The camera then goes around the ring post on the outside of the ring, and you see it just just squirting, just like a just like a little faucet, just, just squirting right out of the bridge of his nose, which I don't know about most people, but there's not a lot of tissue on the bridge of my nose. So for that much blood to be coming out of there, it means it must be coming from somewhere else. And I think that was coming out of his fucking brain. Um, yeah, that was, you know, um, best case scenario, the eye. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's not good. It's It was a great chair shot, though. It was yeah. very CCW 2003. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting all nasal and a Viva La Bam cast member as we speak over it. Okay. Uh, it was fucking good. It was grotesque, and it was good. It was exactly what you'd want. It was fantastic. And, you know, I had to send off the Hurricane Kid deserved. He was, a, you know, the legend of, I mean, absolutely, all of those, you know, I mean, you know, the king of that, of course, is Rick Blade, and he was already fucking gone at that point, basically, so yeah. you, know, you had to pick up the mantle. Who was going to, you know, this is your retirement match. You already lost some brain cells doing this. What's a few more? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, after the match, uh, Zandig comes out, um, congratulates him, tells him, you know, you've always got a spot here if you need it or whatever. Um, Zandig and Ruckus hold Tur Hurricane Kid up on their shoulders like it's the end of fucking Hoosiers or something. Um, and they beat up Rob Rick Feinberg, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, so, that was 
I just happened to watch that. <laughs> it was a hell of a thing. Yeah. It yeah. was like, oh, yeah. And you, you really, really sets the, te- the tone. Yeah. The tempo is set for, you know, just a smorgasbord of CZ F&W. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a good appetizer. Um, so the first match that, <laughs> well, 20 minutes. All right. Um, the first match that we were actually going to cover is the tables match uh, between uh, Nick Gage and Nate Hatred. This is for the Big Japan uh, Wrestling Deathmatch Championship. Um, again, this is August 9th, uh, 2003. Uh, just as all matches we'll be discussing tonight are from 2003. Um, this is a tables match, but it's not a tables match. This is a false count anywhere, ma- anywhere match where they just have a lot of tables. Um, yeah. uh, so first of all, um, well, first, oh, first, first of, first of all, um, the first really great Gargiulo line, uh, that I have written down is that he says, Nate hatred is a monster. This is a man that would make Mike Tyson shit his pants. Yes. Had that myself. Yeah. Um, so that's, but like, seriously, I wrote that down. He tops that a fucking tenfold, um, throughout this, uh, I wanted to talk, yeah. first of all... Well, all right. First of all, there's a happy birthday chant. Is this Nick Gage's birthday? Who knows? Uh, was it Dewey okay. Donovan's birthday, maybe? Um, the BJW Deathmatch Championship. Now, if I remember correctly, didn't Zandig basically steal that belt and hold it hostage from Big Japan for like a, at least a year? Or am I misremembering Yes, he, he did. Uh, the current champion, I believe at the time, because they had re- had their... They want a full year without that title, or they're like, uh, you know, you know, Great Kojika just like, uh, maybe, well, maybe I'll come back. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, he didn't come back. And um, at the time, uh, the great, uh, you know, the deathmatch legend uh, himself, uh, Kentaro Kanemura, was champion. Okay. Uh, they had re- awarded the title. He uh, wasn't awarded. He won it in a match against somebody. Um, I forget who. In March of that year. So. Okay. They're just, they, they just have a title, and Nate Hatred had held the title. Um, he had lost it to Nick Gage earlier sure. in that year, just like, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And this is just the John Zandig uh, extra, you know, this is the a WCW International Heavyweight title. Sure, we've split the lineage here, and, and it's very difficult to even keep track of the title history because yeah. of it. The million dollar belt, uh, you know, here's my title. You just, just fucking go have matches for it. And yeah, yeah, so imagine you know, the, yeah. uh, the, the million dollar belt covered in barbed wire. Um, so Gage already has a very unique charisma here. Um, the, like the secret, I want to say the secret about Nick Gage is that he was always a high end worker. Um, that he was always a great brawler, charismatic shit talker. Um, had that energy and could go on the mat somewhat if needed. Um, he knows how to pace matches. He knows how to do a good fucking baby face comeback. And he knows how to be a shit-talking heel. Um, I have less glowing things to say about Nate Hatred. Uh, but Nate Hatred plays his role. You know, he does a great job um, throughout this, throughout the matches we'll cover tonight. Um, what, when you were... Whatever, 13, 12, 13. When you saw Nick Gage for the first few times, what did you think of him? He definitely had it, like it. And realizing that he was 22, 23 at the time, mm-hmm. I mean, 21 he, probably the first time I saw him. He, he already is, looks very old. <laughs> he looks old. He is, he is a, a weathered man. 
he is a South Jersey twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> but he has, and it's very it's embryonic, but like to what the you know the King Nick fucking Gage that we have as GCW champion in two thousand nineteen. But at the same time, it's it is absolutely there. Like you can tell. I mean, I mean, and it's funny to remember those the black and yellow tights, all of that. It's like very. But it's no, it's it's there. You can tell that if this guy, to quote one of the great lines ever uttered um, by uh, Dad, I believe, uh, you know, if he has a future, he has a future. Sure. Yeah, no, that's but, that's a good line. Yeah, um, that that applies to so many people who wrestled in CW in this time sure. period. But hey, like, if, if Nick Gage had not gone to prison, he might not have had the future that we are getting to see play out right now. So no. Uh, you know that's a pro uh it's a pro cop pro carceral system <laughs> yeah. system yeah like yeah. Uh, oh you know hot uh, takes you know maybe maybe it would be better if he could have just gotten rehab for the illegal prescriptions that right. he was i mean abusing horribly but you know anyway right. but hey he's i mean that doesn't matter because this is we're talking about shit that is 15 and a half years old yeah, no. This is a good ass match, and okay, so I, here's the I thing. like this match a lot. I think it's yeah, pretty uh, crazy. Yeah, and I will say the thing about Nate Hatred is he has a, he does have a certain energy that's fun. There's nothing about him that's great. He's he's like the I mean, uh, he's you know, a big, our, powerful young man, according to Eric Garjulo. He's a big, powerful young man. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a way to put it, Eric Garjulo. Um, he's basically. I think of here's how I would describe him vis-a-vis another wrestler who is off maligned, off misunderstood, who you and I both love, both think is very as probably hasn't really gotten the fair shake in his career that he uh, deserves. Uh, the great Chessman. Okay, uh, Chessman. Like yeah, Chessman. Well, uh, name for you know the. Uh, Acclaimed rapist, the last man to uh, get the death penalty in the United States of America. Right. Uh, Do you want to tell the story about his confusion about his name? He was – so, yeah, the maniac himself, uh, Antonio Pena, the the creator of so many great things in Lucha Libre, the minis division, (laughs) and, of course, AAA itself, came up with this gimmick, a sort of, you know, like a – you know, a riff on lit monster characters, a riff on just one of his ideas. Charlie Manson, like, of course, yeah, well established like, by this point. He is man. And he said, I heard it. So, so he came up with uh, a riff off of uh, the 50s uh, rapist, uh, Carol Chessman. And who and and so he tells this young man, um, Kevin something i just think it's funny that chessman's name is uh kevin not i did not know that um it's his first name kevin okay and it's like what what is chessman what does this mean i'm not going to try to affect an accent because it's gonna sound problematic didn't he say he thought he he wasn't sure if it was cheese man a cheese man or a chess piece or what am i and then and then Antonio Pena's like, no, you're a brutal rapist, my man. Go yeah. on, a kid. And, Hell yeah. And the, blo- and the paint, the red face paint is supposed to represent the blood of Carol Chessman's victims. All right. It's a hell of a thing. And again, cause especially because not a murderer. Though I'm obviously, I mean, I would assume he made 
these women bleed, but it's okay. like beating the <laughs> shit out of them. It's just, it's still very weird. It's such a weird character. Like, right. Antonio Pena, that man, he had good connections. That's yeah. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I was like, Name Hatred is sort of your backyard uh, chessman. Like, okay. he's got su- chessman. You know, he's got size. He's got strength. He's so got, if, he can he can move. If he's not, Nate like, Hatred a. is your backyard chessman, then is Jean Zandig your construction site? Antonio Pena. He's got the uh, construction site gut for it. Sure, yeah, for sure. Antonio, uh, uh, I've never actually seen Antonio Pena wrestle. I know that he did. He was in a spectral, but I've never seen. I, I, it was like, okay, you know, that's that's such a weird fucking feeling to think a thought though uh, to think of that guy who he's just like the coked out promoter. It's like, oh yeah, that guy was like, yeah, like no, he was uh, like that's like Onita in AGPW or something. Like we're like that didn't happen. I don't really feel like that happened. He just emerged, uh, but sure. he, it's like, but that. With Luckily, with Zandig, like, we have wrestled. plenty of video evidence. Oh man, that man wrestled. Um, he, well, no, I well, like Zandig actually, so I won't say he didn't. He wrestled. <laughs> he sucked. No, he was. He's fucking Zandig. I don't give a shit. He's a. I mean, he he Zandig. Right. He um, and we will get to some Zandig later on. Um, well, Let's get, yeah, we should get back to this match. <laughs> yeah. It's because um, uh, it's, it's a good match. That's the reason. So, We're not dicking around on this match. There's some great bumps. Right. Uh, great, you know, it's it's a, it's it's an ultra-violent tables match. I believe our – actually, it's John House who says, anything can happen in an ultra-violent tables match. It's like, like us because, you know – Well, he keeps saying tables are legal, um, which I think it goes without saying because tables are usually legal in pretty much every match in CCW. Um Tables are very available. Right. It's a weird they've, like, they've given them extra. Um, there's a lot of good lines from Gargiulo in commentary. He says at one point that he's an analyst, that he's paid to analyze matches. Um, he says, uh, forget about Liberia. Bush needs to send troops to the Viking Hall. Um, they're Gargiulo, Eric Gargiulo and John House are the best, probably the best commentary team in the history of indie wrestling. Um as for spots, I mean, I have some written down, but, like, I don't know. They, they do some crazy shit, obviously. Um, set up a bunch of chairs. They set up a bunch of chairs on the outside um, where they do the chair table, like, across, like, you know, four deep. Um, and then they start putting more chairs on top. And I hear someone in the crowd uh, saying, a pyramid, yes. That guy <laughs> was really excited to see them stack the chairs double high. Um yeah. There's lots he of big bumps. He was a white hotep. There you go. Um, uh, very nice. Uh, they they do some dumb shit. There's like a messed up spot um, where hatred goes for like a top rope sky high, um, and Gargiulo then calls it a belly to belly toss. Um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it just comes off sort of like an arm drag. Um, it doesn't. I don't know what it didn't work, but right. eh, that's not really the point. If I'm if I was coming to this, if I was coming to any CZW show in this time period, especially for technical proficiency, uh, I might as well be coming to uh, a, a hornet's nest to get a blowjob. You know. That's See, I don't think that's fair because this is the era that gave us Tony Mamaluke versus Jimmy Rave. Oh um, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, and we—you ju- just said Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage is a perfectly competent uh, professional wrestler. He is in a very fun 
match the next month with Trent Acid and Jimmy and Rave. Jimmy Rave, yeah, Triple Threat. That's that's pretty good. I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched part of it. Yeah, um, um, certainly, you know, but it's but just up and down the card. It's not really like it's one of those things where I can toss it aside. It's about the energy. It's about like a spot where. And it's one of those spots where you always love it. Um, it's a make the crowd happy spot. Uh, someone getting pushed off the top off the top rope through the timekeeper's table on the outside, and especially in a tables match where just tables are legal. It's just you just use them. I encourage you to use them. Is the stipulation? <laughs> it's like hell yeah, that's exactly the fucking spot I wanted to see. I yeah, that's that a. Spot. Every That's a, single time. A Shane McMahon ask bump there. Uh, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a at at the arena in 2016. There's a pretty good Jay Lethal Matt Sydal RH title match where uh, you, you got you got to stop bringing up Jay Lethal on this podcast. <laughs> think of it. That's what I think of all the time because I wasn't expecting it in this goddamn match. Uh, it was a good show actually, but uh, weirdly, explicably, where he go where Sydal goes through a table and you're like, all right. I just, I just always, I always pop for that spot. I like seeing people go through, you know, it's top it's to like, the floor. It's a that's yeah, a hell of a way fun. down. It's a fun spot every time, and that's just sort of that's the energy of this match. Hey, here's a fun spot. It's gonna fucking hurt a lot. And yeah, this has got fun. a pretty crazy finish too. They go up to the eagle's yeah. nest, um, which is a great like area, I guess, for lack of a better term, for the EC, from the ECW arena. Um, it's where the hard camera is set up, where the where Joey Styles would sit, where Eric Julo and John House are sitting now. Um, it's basically there's a stage that's uh, about 12 feet up off the ground, um, and then there's a lower level stage that has like amplifiers there that, in theory, a, a live band would play at um, or atop. And um, there's a double stack of tables there. Uh, if you've ever seen the opening video for like ECW. Um, in like the late nineties, there's a pretty famous clip of Brian Lee, uh, choke slamming Tommy dreamer off of the Eagle's nest, uh, through a stack of tables through like a double stack of tables. It's a really good over the top angle. Uh, that's the Eagle's nest. If you know that clip, you know, the Eagle's nest, um, they top that of course, uh, yes. when Nate hatred gives Nick Gage a fire thunder driver, uh, off the stage through two tables. Um, and it's fucking sick. It's, it's yeah, I re- I remember that spot to this day from seeing yeah. that on Fake U T V. Uh I think they used it in the, the yeah, the promo videos. Like that was It was one of those where it's like, Oh shit, this is a particularly fucking good spot. Yeah. It looks great. Uh, I remember yeah, it's just like and I, and I saw it again for the first time in that mat in the context of that match in a long ass time. Yeah. And you're like, it's still just as good. It's just as good. It's Vicious. Eric Arjula refers to it as a uh, fire thunder bomb. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's close. He's an ant. Yeah, I think he's, he's thinking of the fire, uh, the thunder fire, the thunder fire, fire that, like bomb, sure. does. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre, but you know, Japan. I don't. I don't mean they. They're allowed to do what they want. We call things like the stretch muffler and the stretch octopus. That's not what the fuck it called. It's the muffler stretch, but. We do. We're just. We're we're stupid. So we'll let it, let him do it. Like if they want to have two moves that are same name that are not in any way, shape, or form the same move, but are both badass. You know, it's what it is. I mean, we do anyway, that too. We've got the backdrop yeah. and the back body drop. 
Although yeah. I guess in here in the U.S. terms, like classic U.S. wrestling terms, they would call it the back suplex. But um, so someone called nine one one. Nate Hatred uh, wins the Big Japan Death Match title, um, and of course I did not mention earlier, but uh, Gargiulo also says at some point that Nate Hatred was such a dominator of the Big Japan uh, Death Match scene that they banned him from the country. Um, so there you go. Uh, he will not I'm, be taking that title back, I guess. Yes. I'm not sure that Nate Hatchard ever worked in Japan. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. But it but sounds hey, good. It sounds like good. He's going to say a lot of shit about Nate Hatchard that you're going to be like, all right. That's right. And that's, right. that's the charm of Eric Cardiolo. None of it necessarily makes sense, but he says it with a conviction. See, it you makes believe- sense. I think it makes sense. None of it may be true. But in the context of what you're looking at, hearing his voice say things like that, I, I, I think I think it makes not like literal sense, but in the moment, um, it matches what I'm hearing with what I'm seeing, and it, and it molds them together in a beautiful way. And I think that's all that really matters here. Yeah, it's it's about the energy. It's mm-hmm. about the the feeling, the vibe. It's it's you know when that uh, washed out hit song hits, except that except it's a twenty four year old uh, Italian American man from New Jersey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. That's that's a that's going to be a, a, a recurring theme. Um, now, Nick Gage apparently not from New Jersey, as he's announced in our second match um, as being from Salt Lake City, Utah. Now. Did you notice that? Have you ever taken I note of this? Did and that's one of those bizarre things. I believe that he is listed on a couple of sites as list as being. I mean, I've and I believe that it's that. I have no. I think that he and Justice <laughs> Payne were born there. Sure. I mean, it would make sense would, considering same, how like how prominent methamphetamines are. In Utah, I think it would make sense. They are like if if those guys did not have the 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 accent that they have, uh, if they were not wrestling in the Northeast, I could see those two guys being from Salt Lake City. Totally. Yeah, but uh, I it's one of those things that is also wildly incongruous and almost makes you think like it's it has to be a Mormon joke. I don't really care. It's one of those things that that huh. I remember the first time I I heard it. Um, after the fact, like, I could really, like, think about, like, it, like, I mean, I would have known at the time, but I don't think I, it just, I, I don't think I, like, was listening to things that Robbie Marino was saying, because why would you, er, and it just didn't really, like, register to me, and I remember the first time I saw that, because seeing is different from hearing, of course, and you see it, and you see it, in, like, next to the Nick Gage, like, a photo of him, or just his name, and you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't fucking track. But it worked. You know what? I don't get it. Who cares, ultimately? I think you considering amphetamines, considering methamphetamines, I think it does work. Um, if you never heard his voice, if you didn't know where this was taking place, if you didn't know anything about the guy, sure. Why not? Utah. Yeah. Um, National Park, New Jersey, it does seem, especially because National Park is just such a, it's it has that, like, made up. It's It sounds like. It's very true for Consequences, New Mexico, and it's like blankness, isn't it? I, I suppose. Um, I, I had never heard of it before. 
Um, but you know, I mean, the I, only claim to fame is literally. I mean, yeah, it's it, the only claim to fame is that Nick Cage is from there. Absolutely, it's not. It's not. What like else do you need? Yeah, um, no, you don't need shit else. So the second match here, um, two hundred light tubes. Um, this two is weeks later. Yeah, uh, two August twenty third. Do you know the, uh, the the name of this show? <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, it's uh, CCW Respect. Uh, Respect. The, the, yeah, the opener was, um, which I didn't watch, but oh, you yeah, might watch One Fuck A Day uh, and talk about it on this goddamn podcast. Ian Rotten versus John Zandig and the culmination oh, of yeah. the uh, fucking good, I mean, uh, highly entertaining at least. It's got the shit out of me, like so, like Zandig say, someone is gonna die. The culmination uh, of. death, yeah. The IWA Mid South CZW feud of right. that song or that was fucking good. Uh, I remember being um, fucking God, eleven, yeah, and being like, "Oh shit!" Oh, uh, that was like one. I mean, I knew that wrestling that there was kayfabe, but there's a couple of times like uh, Brock Lesnar throwing Zach Gowan down the uh, flight of stairs. You're like, this isn't real, but that seems like it was bad idea i don't know what th- this this might be real in the end this might so, and you're like i hear john zandig or ian rotten say that and you're like oh yeah someone might die yeah and someone <laughs> did almost die after all <laughs> so i had seen quite a bit of ian rotten at this point i had seen him i i had seen him shoot on dysfunction um by the time this happened um i i knew shoot ian rotten from <laughs> from work Dean Rotten. Um it's it's that's a that's a different thing. Um which we well, yeah. will definitely get to at some point. Uh but this here, this is Nick Gage versus Nate Hatred. This is a two hundred light tubes match. Uh, I believe they announced it as the third in the history of the company. Uh the two hundred light tubes match of course is a match where there are two hundred light tubes. Pretty yes. pretty simple stuff. Uh yeah, and this and is of course in, uh there you go. You yeah, you're gonna say it. This is in Dover, Delaware, or Smyrna, Delaware? I'm not this sure. This is in Dover, Dover. Uh, at Rack's Billiard and Balls. Rack's Billiard and Balls. Yeah, the famous outdoor venue where they had just had Tournament of Death. The yeah. Before. They so, were yeah. running a lot here uh, in the summer when they could do outdoor shows. Um, they did Pain in the Rain here. Is that right? Yeah. Um, then they, uh, the second Pain in the Rain is in Jersey, though. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, like – and also in um, – and and that and obviously you can't use tubes in uh well we'll talk about Pennsylvania. that I've, i want to talk about that a little later um when we talk about frank talent um that's important yes yeah but yes um, but, dover delaware was the was the place where they did the death death matches the real shit yeah that's yeah that's where you know delaware's a wild state new jersey not even a state really it's just fucking blob of shit. Um, just hot garbage. Um, just up and down. And so anything goes there. Pennsylvania, it's not classier, but we're m- more litigious, I guess. So, <laughs> um, this is the, I guess, the two thousand early 2000s equivalent to DJ Hyde's mom's backyard. Yeah, it's got that. Um, just, you know, this is where things can happen. Yeah. It's... This, uh... Was, this is this match. I don't think this match is great, but two hundred light tube matches really are. Uh, it's a lot of uh, hack and slash, you know, busting shit over each other's head. Um, 
but we get some good stuff here. Uh, Gage nearly falls getting in the ring because he's just trying to not break any light tubes on the way in, which is intense uh, to think about. Yeah, because there's literally a tube. I mean, there's... It's all four sides. Yeah. You're used to seeing, like, Big Japan uh, Deathmatch main events where there's tubes on two sides and the other two sides are, like, pretty open. This is all four sides, and they are not spaced, like, a foot apart like they are in a Big Japan match. Um, They're, like, maybe six inches apart, and they're everywhere. Yeah, if Big Japan says, uh, explicitly says, oh, yeah, this is a shitload of tubes, however many tubes match, especially, like, now, uh, circa contemporary time, that means two rows of tubes and then boxes like yeah have fun john kasai like, yeah they've done fun. they've escalated this they've done 300 and i believe 400 tube matches at this point yeah uh the because uh, the the, the uh, abdullah kobayashi versus shuji ishikawa was 400 tubes is that right am i remember that um, correctly not sure something might like that. be doesn't yeah, they've done they've done yeah they've done yeah. 400 that's but the, that's the like most. the point is like the sense of like uh, here's some fucking room to maneuver there is no room to move trying to get into the ring no and it's and it's like yeah like they're not even just like uh stack them in a corner like no and it's a great it's vi- great visually at least but i would imagine it would be fucking I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal if it's like, yeah, I'm going to break all these tubes eventually, but it's, it, it still seems it, like it, it's a, 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 like a challenge to get it into inhibits, the ring. If, if, so there's been a lot of talk, um, like on, you know, the, the, the deeper parts of, of wrestling internet, um, about matches where you boil wrestling down to its absolute core, um, and you just, you, you work the middle of the mat. You're not doing Irish whips. You're not, you know, you're not going to the corner. You're working the center of the ring. Um, people will talk about like Gresham doing, working the center of the ring, working a classic, you know, Dominic, Dominic Garini. People like that, that are able to command the center of the ring without uh, doing, you know, modern rope running sequences. But Nick Gage and Nate Hatred can't be held to those standards <laughs> um they're basically left in a situation where they they cannot run the ropes they fucking can't it would be ridiculous if they did um obviously we've come a long way since then you've got um what yuko miyamoto doing fucking handsprings into the ropes with light tubes on them um but that was a long ways away <laughs> you know yeah that guy wasn't even doing death matches yet um I don't know if he was even wrestling in 2003. I think he probably debuted around 2003, actually. Yeah, he debuted in 2003, but I'm like... Yeah, not doing I'm not even shit. sure if he was active at this point. Yeah, no, Just probably not. Year, is all I know. Uh, um, he wasn't doing death matches, though, yeah. Um, no. Uh, and now, and also it should be... And, like, to compare this to modern, um, you know, you'll get, like, your mm, Sashi Takeda, Salmi Kodaka match... And they're just breaking tubes, like as like a, as the, in the dick measuring contest to start the match. You know, I mean that's right. That we talked point, about this. Yeah, like that point, it's a like it's a trope. Um, like part of the uh, Masashi Takeda Hulk up is him literally like throwing himself into a tube on the ground, like to you know get the adrenaline going and the blood flowing because he's a crazy motherfucker who doesn't give a shit. That's not this at all, which. 
again, I mean, not to say that, that like that this is better necessarily, but it is like this is not better than that match, obviously. No, it's not better than that. I mean, as an, but in as an aesthetic of the like, oh, tubes are like a bad thing. You don't want to just break a tube, like you want to just throw tubes at a dude. Well, yeah, you don't so they want to just eat shit on tubes yourself. At, in 2003, um, it seemed like an infinite amount of light tubes. 200 light tubes was, like, you can't imagine counting higher than that. It's like, oh. a, and I said this to you before, that's like a cheat cheat code. It's like a Game Shark level amount of light tubes. Um, like, they hacked the concept of a deathmatch to get, you know, more light tubes in it. Um, it's like having 99 lives in Mario, um, except Mario has hepatitis C. Um <laughs> It's it's very different uh, from from what you get now though because <clears throat> that's the standard now. It's it's not the same. Also, you don't get fucking blood feuds like this in Big Japan. It just doesn't happen. Um, it's too classy, you know, uh, if you can call it that. Um, so yeah, this match it's not a lot of spots. There's not a lot of great shit happening. Um, it's a lot of fucking just dudes smashing each other over the head. But they're you know they're the former best friends. This is the hate club. You know they've dissolved and it's very sad. Um, there's some cool shit though. Uh, I have written down a few spots that I'd like to go ahead and run through. Um, there's a spot where Nick Gage throws a light tube up like ten feet in the air, straight up in the air, and while Hatred watches it fly through the air, um, he then catches it and. Gage just, like, spins and does a roaring elbow uh, into the light tube, into Nate Hatred's face, uh, which kicks ass. Um, yeah, it was badass. Um, it's shades of, like, Walter Sobchak biting Peter Stormare's ear off and Big Lebowski, and then punching him, or hitting him with a motorcycle helmet, something like that. Um, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I remember that scene, and that's exactly what this was. Um, Gage does, like, a fucking back senton. Um, that would probably be like a 0.6 on the dick togo scale um but since it's into like a bunch of light tubes i'll give it like a uh, 0.85 um there's stuff you know he gets Does they, salt uh, on him <laughs> you get a muda elbow with tubes right a, right a, a um as the great great lenny leonard would say a power drive elbow power drive elbow Power yeah, drive elbow. That's I don't know where the, came up with that necessarily, but I the like it. Proper name of it, I think you'll find. Uh, just you know, do your research. Lenny's done his. Um, he does. Oh, absolutely. There's some notable stuff like Mike Keener, uh, the referee, uh, wearing like goggles uh, and gloves, standing completely still in the corner, afraid to move an inch. <laughs> Understandable. It's it's very. Have you you've seen? Have you seen any of the like um, the Dr. Cerebro, Ricky Marvin feud from early last year. Yeah, I watched, I watched, all, I watched all of yeah, them. Yeah, fucking good feud. Uh, and you, like, get old-ass Baby Richard with the goggles because he's, like, a million years old and has to have has glasses that he has to wear now. And he's just, like, I mean, he he's an old, fat man. And it's sort of that sort of, like, you know, I'm, why... Why waste the energy uh, getting destroyed by all this fucking glass? <laughs> and there it ends up being a sea of glass, absolutely. Oh, it's it's a nightmare. It's like, uh, I I can't imagine, like, trying to walk on this amount of glass. Like, they're try- they are trying to do some fucking rope running sequences here and there. Um, it's, it's terrible. I, like, you, uh, bouncing off the ropes, keeping your coordination... 
all right, so this is the thing you fucking learn how to do eventually. But when you first start learning how to run the ropes, you're counting your steps, okay? You count how many yeah. steps. You make sure that you're hitting the ropes, um, you know, turning at the right time every time. You bounce off the ropes, you come back off. Um, for me, it was like three steps when I first, like, got in a ring for the first time. But they want you to do two, you know, two or three, depending on the size of the ring. Um, it's difficult. Fucking, what if you were doing it on marbles? That's basically what this is. It's yeah. a nightmare. It's a I fucking mean, nightmare. Would, with all that glass, I mean, it's like you could be in a fucking moon suit. You could be Neil what's Goddamn a, Armstrong. What's a fucking what's a moon suit? I mean, like the like the suit that they wore, like the astronauts wear. That's not you're what like, that's called. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of the fucking name of the suit. The moon suit. <laughs> It's a zoot suit. There you go. If I'll form you. No, the thing of like where it's just you could be have all of the goddamn protection in the world. You could have you could well like put a mat like you could have you could have the best most the best the most adhesive footwear in the world. Mm-hmm. You can and have cleats fucking on. imagine trying to you know it would still be fucking terrifying. I can't imagine that shit in a million years. Yeah. It's, no, it's I I um God, what did I step on the other day that was like I can't even remember some some fucking kid some shit that my kid left out, um, and I, I it's it's terrifying. Um, and then you consider that it's all just sharp objects down there. Um, this is, you know, again, this is this is a, like a, eleven minutes. It's it's integral to the feud, I think. Though um, you get a finish that's not great. Trinacid interferes and hits the Yakuza kick to Nick Gage, who is holding light tubes, but. His foot does not connect with the light tubes. The light tubes do not break. Nick Gage still bumps. Um, and then you get like... One of my, yeah, well, and then you get one of my favorite things about uh, death matches. When the, the glass doesn't break, you will often find the person on the offensive end uh, grab a weapon and recklessly hit, it, hit the other guy with it as hard as he can. Um, Trinacid picks up one single light tube and just swings it at Gage's like, side. And it just smashes over Gage, and like a, not a he was not expecting it, um, and and it's like one of the weirdest things because yeah, a spot didn't go right, the crowd's like kind of booing. So what do you do? You pick up the nearest sharp or breakable item, and you hit the other guy with it as hard as you possibly can to shut that crowd up and to make them forget that you just fucked up the finish of this match, um, and it's really dangerous. <laughs> But I, I could, I can't, I 100% condone it, because uh, you got to protect the business. Um, you try and fucking break a bunch of light tubes off of a yak- running, yak- like running yakuza kick. Yeah, not That's a good that... one either. I mean, no. also he turn acid not does not have a bad yakuza kick, um, but yeah, again, he's he's running on what basically amounts to a bunch of fucking marbles that are sticking in the bottom of your feet. Um, I mean, you try to do a fucking running Yakuza kick, um, on completely unstable ground. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, Nate Hatred wins the big Japan deathmatch title back, right? Is that? He retains. He retains. All right. Cause he won. All right. Of course. Um, and then you get a high five run in, uh, at the end. Uh, Johnny Cashmere and the Messiah come in and they do the super tea gimmick which do you want to try to describe what the tea gimmick is? Um, tea gimmick is a two man version of a crucifix powerbomb right. 
That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I was always fun to watch as a finisher. And well, they kick they... their legs out. Johnny Cashmere and Trinacid have a great way of like kicking their legs out and just sweeping the guy down. Um, yeah. It's a cool-looking move for something so basic. Uh, the Super T gimmick, of course, they lift the guy up onto Messiah's shoulders, and he does like a classic powerbomb, similar to the Roman Reigns, uh, sh- the Shield three-man powerbomb, but way cooler. Yes. Also into yes. a bunch of glass. Yeah. Uh, and then we get very a very classic uh, CZW beat down they and torture sequence. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is the, the what I would think is the key to a CZW. Yeah, the first uh, of two we will be, cover today. Where it, it you get a, a look into the mind of John Zandig mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and what he thinks is good and what he thinks is acceptable and what he thinks is. Uh, just you know what, what he thinks they want to... yeah exactly um and basically um i believe dewey donovan uh, um and of course the other the four members of the high five which is not yet the high five kind of is i guess because of dewey donovan being the fit, I, but think, it's, I think b-boys uh, with them at this point yeah um but it's sort of and then it's later, Johnny Cashmere, or one of them splits off, and then Adam Flash joins. There's five of them. There, at, at a certain yeah. point, there's six. It doesn't matter. And there's Dewey Donovan. This, and, and uh, you know, we cannot forget this count, Dewey. And someone, but, like, there's a rope that is tied to one of the ring posts the, mm-hmm. um, by the camera. And has, it looks like they're trying to draw and quarter him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's. it's it looks – that's what I have written down too. Uh, I, I have quartering um, and then question marks behind it because I couldn't remember if that's exactly what it was called. Now, yeah. quartering is usually when you try to – so he's basically the old saying, uh, tied between two horses. Um, that's basically what it is. Quartering, of course, I think is when they take each of the four limbs and try to str- – and they would tear you in four pieces. Of course, medieval yeah. uh, execution method. Um which, you know, sure, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Dover, yes. Delaware. Um, they don't succeed. I think the I think what they really wanted to do was to have him raised up off the canvas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... That's definitely what they... Because obviously, as we'll talk about in a minute, um, Zandig wants to see his boys or himself get raised up off the fucking... Off the ring and, and tortured. Um, it doesn't really work out, so they just smash him with light tubes while he's tied up it's fucked up get a lot of uh you know the great his you know a call back to the first moments of this podcast as you said um was a wife beater that jacked tube? off with the... the jacked off the tube we get all, all we get a messiah jacking off with the tube we get tron mm-hmm. acid johnny cashmere Nate ha- Hatred, most grotesquely, jacking off the light tube. I do well, not want to think about Nate Hatred ever fucking, ever jerking <laughs> off. I don't want to think of, I don't <laughs> want to say that I think of Nate Hatred as an anatomically incorrect, perhaps, man. Uh-huh. But I don't think of him as having a penis. Okay, fair enough. Either. Fair no. enough. He lost it's, it in Japan. Um, yeah. <laughs> they So the, they uh, have that the classic. The police shot it off with Uzis. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the the policia doing that um the policia um no the high five classic taunt their take on the suck it taunt which is basically where they uh they mime that there is a person sucking their dick or we'll say just 
the Messiah or whatever is there's someone sucking his dick and he's got he has like a palm towards him open hand and he is miming that he is shoving the person's back of the head down onto his penis uh, you know, as you would do if you were uh, roughly fucking someone's mouth, um, and that is the high five, and that is, um, that is the post match of uh, the two hundred. Le- they said they couldn't. They said it couldn't be done again and again. And then, and then we get the the. I mean, it's an extended fucking beatdown. It's about five minutes, sure. and then we get a run out from the boys, and here is the cherry on top of this. Um, we get a small classic Xandig promo, and he decides to because Nate Hatred because he ran off without bringing the Big Japan title with him because who gives a shit about this meaningless fucking title? He awards it to Nick Gage, and it is never contested for again. Okay, that's what happened. I I remember that it changed hands. Okay, sure. It changed hands. Fuck because, it. Yeah, it's because John Zandig said you did a unilateral. You're the champ now because he it's. That's fine. I don't because this Kojika is CZW. Isn't, it's fine. Yeah, because Kojik is never getting this fucking title back. I don't care about it, it anymore. Wouldn't, it doesn't even have to be the Big Japan title. Even if it was a CZW like actual title, that's he would have done it. That's how they treat yes. their belts. There doesn't matter. Um, so there you go. That's that's um, that's the two hundred light tubes match. Nick Gage versus Nate Hatred for the Big Japan Deathmatch title. Um, and we're gonna move on to our next match. But first. I need to go and switch out the ice pack on my balls. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you want to take a little break? You can eat your Korean candy. I'm not of Korean candy, but I do have uh, jelly beans. All right. Eat your jelly beans and I'll go uh, get some fresh ice for mine. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, no, that's good. See, that's where we fade out and then we just start. I play some fucking music and uh, I'll be right back, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a piss. frozen vegetable of sorts uh, on my nuts, on my cut-ass nuts, as it were. Um, I think I've elected for corn, but it might be peas in there. I'm not sure. I, I don't discriminate. I don't even look. I just shove them right down my pants and then try to walk my way down the stairs, uh, which is not comfortable. Uh, there's like the corner of the packaging is rubbing against my thighs. It's not great. But I'm here. Are you here? I'm here. Uh, I went for all bubblegum. Here's the thing about bubblegum jelly beans. Hmm. They're very good. They're very refreshing. and means you get to swallow them. But here's the thing. I have never not swallowed bubblegum. Who the fuck spits out bubblegum? Wow. Who are these fucking people? I don't know. I uh, don't give nope, a shit. Nope. It's bubblegum. Regular gum, I, I mean, I would because it's, 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 I just, I don't nope. know. I'm nope. one of those assholes who eats a shitload of gum at once, too. So nope. that's, wow. I don't know. I just don't care. That is fucked up. Wow. It's, well, digested. it's the Wrestling is Gross podcast, and uh, we have established some fucked up stuff about the, the two of us. Um, so we are going to jump right back into uh, 
some some other trash. Um, this is from September thirteenth, two thousand three. Is that correct? Yes. Name of the show: Retribution. Uh, redefined. Redefined. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. All it's stupid names. John's a handicap. Yeah, exactly. This is supposed, <laughs> they... to, supposed to be for the CCW World Heavyweight Title: The Messiah the leader of the high five versus the boss, the dig John Zandig um, in an unsanctioned match. Okay, sure. Which it was a title match too. So, well, un- uh, you know, what a- unsanctioned by the Pennsylvania athletic commission is probably what they were going for. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I'll say this before the, so I skipped to this part of this, uh, this file, um, and just before the match graphic appeared, um, I saw all the members of High Five um, out around the ring wearing Detroit Lions jerseys. Did you see that? No. What the fuck? Yeah, is I don't. Con- I don't know. It's like September, so did they just beat them in like the first week of the regular season or like the preseason? I don't know. Who fucking knows? Um, yeah. But- God damn. I remember. Um- Johnny Storm wearing a Panthers jersey like the night before the Panthers fucking routed. I mean, it wasn't a route, but it was a crushing goddamn loss in the NFC title game. The uh, Johnny Storm, uh, the, uh, the Brit Rest guy. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, that I mean that was like coming off the uh, Fleisch. Sure, sure, uh, sure. I mean, he know, was I mean, he was like, he was a semi regular in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like uh, and it was just. But he was in like a fair like opening match, and it was like such so a very CZW thing. And of course, it's you sure, know a British guy wearing an American football T-shirt or well, yeah, well, how would or you, whatever. Yeah, how would you cut to the heart of a Philadelphian? You yeah, insult their sports teams. Yep. If anywhere is going to work, it's fucking there. But that Nemegles, is very like right. Nemegles. Yeah, Am I saying it right? Nemegles. Nim. 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 Eagles. Here's the thing about we're gonna say we're gonna bring this up. It has to be referenced. I, I don't think of Nem as being a thing, but then I hear it being said. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a fucking thing. Oh, Nem it's is my, ridiculous. <laughs> my Philadelphia accent is somewhere in between full and like you can hear it, but it's sure. not. I hear Trent Acid speak, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm not from the same planet as motherfucker, am I? <laughs> I I get very self conscious, but I don't sound I don't really sound like him comparatively. It's sure. way less fake. He's the most Philadelphia voiced wrestler of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Right. He, he, call, still he calls them like, the uh, the Floyers. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's you know it's fucking bone chilling to say the least. Nim Eagles. Uh, Nim Nim Eagles. There you go. I nailed it that time. <laughs> That's so that, that's you're right. You have it dead on. And I've I've listened to a lot of a lot of Philly, Philly boy Roy conversations on the best show. Um, so John Zandig versus the Messiah. Um, so we we come back from the graphic and John House keeps saying the high five is beating up Zandig in the back, throwing him through glass and tables. We don't see it. Um, the crowd is not into whatever's happening. Um, and then you see the CCW ring crew is being forced at light tube point, which is gun point, but with light tubes, obviously, um, to go in the ring. Uh, Dewey Donovan is holding a fucking light tube basically to the throat of the ring crew guy, um, forcing him to go and climb the tallest fucking ladder ever. 
um, and bring something down from the rafters of the ECW arena as the crowd chants bullshit because uh, they know some fucking bullshit's about to happen. Yes. Right? Um, Imagine getting fucking s- stuck up, getting rolled by Discount Dewey Donovan in his silver backseat boys' pants. <laughs> man, he... That's uh, fucking... I'll, got... I'll say this about Dewey in this segment. Uh, uh, well, I'll say it at the end, actually, because it's the last note I have. Um, we'll, we'll get there. Um, so the high five eventually throws Zandig through the entrance curtain um uh and he's covered in blood he's you know he's bleeding i I don't know he's bleeding from the head he's bladed um he i I don't think they put him through glass back there right there's no fucking way that seems really fucking wasteful and stupid obviously czw is a very wasteful and stupid company but in front of the fans yeah to take glass like behind the scenes that that definitely didn't happen no that's kool-aid um and then Wax is also behind him, who has also... Is this the first time Wax ever bladed himself, I wonder? Probably not, but on camera. I think this is, like, the this is definitely the first prominent, like, oh, yeah, like, where like Wax is established, but this is, like, right. the first time it's, like, he's really doing some work here. Right. And Wax, like, of course, oh. the photographer um, and a noted tattoo and piercing artist in the area. Um and was the photographer for CZW at the time. Um, and so, yeah, this is basically a forced torture segment. Um, they force Wax to put the hooks through Zandig's back. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on this because it's a dumb fucking segment. Um, but it's important for the feud, I guess. Um, and it's disgusting. It's fucking gross, which is why we're it's, talking about it. And it's incredibly infamous. And it's boring as piss. It's not a good yeah. segment. Yeah, it's so really not. They're forcing it, it, Wax to put the, the hooks. And if, if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, so first of all, this has got to be Zandig's idea, right? Because he, oh, hell yeah. he did this with Lobo the year before in a backstage segment that was pre-taped. Now, do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, so this is not the first time that Zandig has, been, has had the hooks in his back. Um, this is like the Chris Angel uh, was into this shit, I think, at the time. Um, I remember like one of the times I was in New York, there was a... a person in like a storefront uh like in Times square just hanging from hooks and it was like people crowding around to see it uh real dumb shit um yeah it's a performance art sort of right suspension yeah of 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 people who are addicted to opiates and i remember a guy who there was a guy was there some story of um some guy talking about uh fucking the late peaches geldof who did this kind of shit Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Zandig loves like this it, shit. Yeah, Zandig loves this shit. And he um, wait, didn't he? He also did this with Schlack. Uh, yes, famously that, and of course, is what prompted the. I see this fucking guy <laughs> hanging from hooks, drinking a beer. I can't see the voice. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. You want me to do it? You? Oh, I would love for you to. Um. All right. <clears throat> uh. All right. Okay. Okay. Let me. I gotta get the line right. It's um, hanging from meat hooks, drinking a beer. Two hours later, I walk past his van, and he's smoking crack. Now I know why this guy don't feel no fucking feel no pain. Fucking pain. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. So good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a... more Zandig shit. He loves this fucking bullshit. It's so stupid. 
it really says a lot about the man. The um, man, the man. The man. The dig, the baby. On. The, he is a, he is a goddamn, I don't think he's ever seen a psychiatrist in his life. Oh, no, definitely not. I think he thinks not. they're gay. <laughs> I think that's explicitly what he says. For sure. Psychiatrist, fucking, fucking gay. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not the John Zandig way. No. Yeah. No, you think uh, about Tony Soprano going to a to a therapist, like whatever the the Philly version of Lorraine Bracco would be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Zandig never even sniffed that fucking place. He. I mean, you know, maybe if he had had like a maybe if he had passed out like Tony Soprano does, and you know, told by his neurologist or whatever that he needs to go see a psychiatrist, maybe he would have gone, but probably not. And he probably would have put Lorraine Bracco uh, through a pane of glass, um, at the very least, put her in a headlock since he's real into that shit. Um, I'll tell you who's not real into this besides you and me uh, is the fucking crowd. Every <laughs> single person there is completely. At best, sitting on their fucking hands. Yeah. And you see people... I mean, this is the end of the show. But people can't fucking seem to wait. Like, they can't... They would... They are glad to fucking leave. And attendance was already down, it seemed like, um, at this point. Um, If you look at this show... If you look at Aftermath and you look at the show... Oh, excuse me. Jeez, there's there's my Rick and Morty impersonation. Um, Big belch. Um, The attendance does seem down at uh, at the viking hall um you do hear as when they 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 begin well first of all messiah gives him a toe kick as they are lifting him up and you can tell wax is like hey man i <laughs> let's, let's get him off the ground first um and then once they get zandig actually off the ground suspended in the air you hear maybe like a very small pocket of like eight ten maybe a dozen fans start chanting czw cz dub uh, as it were, um, and uh, but that dies off quickly because people people are not into this shit. Um, there nobody... are noticeable, prominent, uh, boring. Yeah, yeah. People don't give a fuck, and why would you? It's, it's there's no could... there's no action. And I mean, this is just coming off of the um, getting the building back from XPW, but that had been months. It's very. We should talk know. about that at some point. I, I don't know we enough should. about that. I would like to explore that more before before we launch into that because I, I don't feel educated enough on the. I, I remember it, but I I want to actually explore the XPW. Maybe we just do a whole episode on the XPW Viking Hall run because it's not good. There is good stuff, but I... Oh, there's some good goddamn stuff, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, 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 Chris Chatty, of course. Um, yeah, so I was going to say the juice is fucking loose yeah, in that run. Definitely. Um, but... This is bad, though. Um, this is a very... I mean, Gargiulo is, like... He leaves... He's I despondent. One, the one thing that I will point out that I think needs to be pointed out... Okay, there's two things that need to be pointed out. One, there's a reason Nate Hatred wore the face paint. He looks fucking weird as shit, right? He looks funny to me. I don't know. He, I... looks, he looks like a big goof. I mean, he, yeah. he's, like... He's not intimidating. But, okay, let's talk about... Zandig. Um... That blood stain on his ass. It looks like he shot his <laughs> he looks like he shot his I, pants, right? I didn't notice. I I should, uh, okay, I should go back and look. There's a massive blood stain on it and I You try to get a screen cap of that for me? I'll try to. Um it'll be a shitty one. Sure. But I mean no, I'll get, all of this is low I'll, quality I'll, video. Yeah, but no. Um and it 
uh, and all, but it's like, and I, I mean, if he did shit his pants, I wouldn't blame him necessarily. Shades of, uh, it's also shades of Colonel Robert Parker, of course. Yes, I wouldn't blame him. I would. I don't think I've ever felt a need to shit myself. You know, Nate hatred is never he. I'm not Mike Tyson. I've done I'm it on accident. Mike. I've I've. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. When I was um, the last time I, I can say I truly shit myself, um, it was like day eight of withdrawing off of methadone uh, when I was doing my fucking cold turkey detox, trying to get clean uh, before my daughter was born. I'm coming up on four years. Woohoo! Um, I farted. I had high fever. I farted in bed and I shit myself. It. What you, you get in certain states. And you, 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 your, your bowels just don't, do not have the strength. Now, I would think if I was being hung with hooks, maybe that's a similar state. Maybe it's a similar, similar like, vulnerable emotional state. It's possible. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to poss- shit yourself. Yeah, sometimes you are getting your ass beat. It's like, oh, fuck. I had not planned for this and as well as I thought of. But it really does harken back to the whole issue of this segment was boring as piss dude you didn't need to do this you would not have shot your pants <laughs> you would not have had the illusion of shitting your pants even had this not happened you would not have been in a position for blood to pool in your ass region what about like a worked like a gimmicked uh shitting your pants spot that's i mean i'm sure that's happened somewhere um, yeah, i'm sure it doesn't feel like a zandig thing necessarily but it's more it's of a dj weird. hide thing oh yes absolutely it's more of a it's more of a, you know, that's what happens. Greg Excellent. Yeah, he makes Jessica Havoc actually start to blow him, and then he shits himself. Hell yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Love these guys. Uh, I'll tell you what, the one uh, bright spot in this segment, uh, and we should we should definitely move on from this, because this sucks. Um, sucks I mean, so well, we're, I think our banter is good, but I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, Trinacid starts doing, like, kicks and punches on him, like, he's, like it's like a punching bag, which was pretty funny to me. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, Rocky, Burgess Meredith, and the meat seller. Yeah, the meat, the meat locker. Yeah, yeah, totally. Why did I say meat seller? Let's go. Let's seller? move on. Uh, freezer. It's more thing. of a freezer. Yeah, it's a, it, as soon I as said I said locker. Up, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It I, is. I, but I, I was like, meat locker sounds better than meat fucking seller. Sure. You know, the wine locker. That's well, a thing. No, meat seller is where. Where you keep the bodies, all right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's uh, that's more Richard Kuklinski than uh, hell yeah. You know, I like how many of these people we're referencing on this. Um, the <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the crowd. I was gonna, li- yeah, it's like hey, I was gonna start. I consider doing the intro of hey, Bucky. Uh, today is uh, February sixth. There's some, uh, you know, there's a famous plane crash, and I was just gonna look up a plane crash on Wikipedia. Sure, there was. There's good one. When they uh, forgot to clean one of the pizza tubes, you're familiar with the idea of what I'm talking about, at least, you know, that like guy, sure, sure, like, sure. Senses the, and there was a wasp's nest in there. Okay. It just happened to be there, and it downed the plane, and everybody and, died. And, and that's how the, the big Dominican. bopper died? That's the day the music died, that's yeah. That's how the big bopper nest. died because of the wasp. That's cr- fucking crazy. Um, well, Jennings missed that plane because he had a, he was afraid of wasps. That's right. That's right. It's uh, well known. Look it up. Um, the crowd just leaves with Zendig hanging there. Fucking sucks so much ass. It's, this is you know what this is. It's really the worst version of like the NWO beating up a babyface main eventer, and nobody's coming out to save them. This is the yeah. worst fucking version of that. Um, and then, are you good? You good with this? 
Donya. All right. My last note is why is Dewey Donovan shirtless under his key lime pie looking ass jacket? <laughs> I fucking love Dewey Donovan. I've never seen Man. him shirtless. What the fuck is he doing? I know. I mean, I think the uh, the mock turtle, the turtle that is a different shade of green, is yeah. kind of key to the Dewey look. Yeah. It's bizarre. Don't take your shirt off, Dewey. Um, all right. November 15th? What do you think? Night of Infamy. Yeah. Okay. Was that is that the right? Did I have I just memorized, internalized all these dates? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was right. November fifteenth. I've been looking at a lot of cage match. I'm going to start doing this striga voice. Um, I have to say that once per podcast. It's contractually obligated. Uh, this is Nate Hatred and the Messiah of the High Five, of course, uh, versus the Wife Beater, the returning from retirement who retired a year ago, almost to the day. Um, and Nick Gage. Now, this started, and I had forgotten that the High Five had, uh, were coming out to end a club by 50 Cent. Classic, yeah. classic shitty entrance theme. Like, yeah, and we'll, we'll bring it up um, in a, for our main event, but it's... Oh, where it plays it's over really and over? <laughs> yes, it's a fucking... It's not a good... Uh, I mean, In the Club is a fun pop pit, basically. It's not yeah. even a good rap song, obviously. But it is such a bad entrance theme. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, my, 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 probably my old, I, literally my oldest friend, Aaron Hart, um, shouts out to you. You're not listening. Um, but when we did Backyard Stuff, it was his entrance theme. Um, and it was, he was just a douchebag heel. He wore fucking you know, pink fucking Hollister shirts. And he was the, and we, we were all into Satan and he was like the prep guy. Uh, he was our champion. He was our fucking flair. And he came out to this song and he was fucking great. And he went on to do some, he works some pro stuff. You can fucking find him if you want to look him up. He wasn't very good once he was a pro, but he's a fucking good backyarder. Um, and I, I think it's a good entrance theme. Um, I well, it's, it's about how you pull it off. You're right. It's about how you pull it off. Um, it's most prominent in that match because it plays over and fucking over, and it really loses its sort of essence, especially um, with that setup. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, like you can't really swag your way out. Well, the Messiah is like a like a very much like a fucking. Uh, like date rapist kind of guy, um, but yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't cool. He's a he's an attractive man, I think. Oh um, yeah, he's actually no. Oh. Yeah, he was a, a good babe. He was a good white me blowjob baby face was, by yeah. CCW standards. Yeah. It's sort of weird that he is the super heel in this. I mean, it's really because Joseph Payne left. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, really. And he was, he was he was the baby face coming in. He took the title off of the heel Justice Payne, right? Yeah, there's that. I don't think it's – it's probably not really a great match, but it's a match I loved when I was 10. The uh, match that goes 60-plus, the – Oh, yeah, four the four-way Iron Man? Yeah, high, high stakes with him, Nick Mondo, Justice Payne, and Adam, Adam Flash. Flash. That's right. Where Adam he put – uh, yeah, title – the both the Let's, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> and, do, you, do you have the stipulations for that? I'm going to look it up uh, right quick. Justice Payne put the uh, World Heavyweight title on the line. Mm-hmm. Um Adam Flash put the Iron Man title on the line. Mm-hmm. Nick Mondo put his career on the line, and the Messiah put his girlfriend on the line. Which right? Who was the girlfriend? It was it, it was like a Rob Rob Black. Uh, I was going to say it was who, who he got his phone fucking cut Christy off. Christy Mist. Yes. Found yes. It. 
Nailed it. Uh, to dance in a double. Oh my god! Oh my god! Them. The the picture when I clicked on Christy Miss uh, ProWrestling.Fandom.Com like the Wikia. Um, the picture of her, uh, she's naked and just has a title belt wrapped around her tits. Hell yeah. Solvang, so California. Ex- retired January 2001. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I was going to say... I've seen her on a show just last week, all right? Um, <laughs> finish, finisher was, and signature hey, move hey, to rock buddy, bottom. I, buddy, I got to say, that was, a pre- that was a snikey good, Chris Selner. Yeah, but that wasn't necessarily what you're going for. No. <laughs> it worked. Is that? I was uh, oh, what, say, when I was talking um, about amateur porn stars, uh, yeah, no, that's that's my Chris Zellner impersonation. Yeah, I was going to say related to that, you want to get, uh, you want to f- fit uh, half of our podcast title. Well, I guess it's technically third, but gross. Do you remember? I remember the first time I ever read about nano prolapse was from the sleaze thread, and it was about Christy Mist. Okay. Um, I don't remember thinking that it was, and it was contextualized as the most horrible thing ever. And now, and it's not something that I'm into, but I've now seen many, yeah. and it's still bad. But it's mm. like it was described as something much worse. I'm pretty desensitized. Oh, um, I'm desensitized to it. It's like it's just not. I'm just not into it at sure. all. It's just, it's just one of those things where. I remember it was literally described as the ring fell out of her ass, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking at the time, like literally, like. There would be a ring around the dude's dick or something, and it was ah uh, sure. It sure. was not well. I mean, I, and I was very thirteen years old for her to be sure. Well, you hadn't seen Goatsy yet, um, so it was it was a different time. Uh, you'll be happy to learn that uh, the high stakes two thousand two full match, one hour, one minute, and five seconds, is hosted on the official CZW YouTube page. <laughs> uh, in full, uh, so check that out, listeners, uh, if you want to see a match that's probably fucking terrible um but that both of us remember fondly because we haven't seen it in 17 fucking years <laughs> yes um um if you want to see an anal prolapse um just go to teddy's at yeah. ebg teddy um on twitter i was going to suggest my friend my dear friend charlotte sartre has done many of them i suppose right. and i feel bad and bad max's friend I and, and somebody teddy has retweeted him. Um, yes, she's a dear friend. I don't know her. Uh, I, I, I haven't spoke to in several years now because she got back on heroin, and hmm. um, I think she wanted to leave porn, and she did not leave porn. You should reach out. You should reach out. Um, but we've got what we've got her, here. She, she's uh, engaged to a guy who looks like uh, Ethan Carter Free, and he's like, way, she's way out of his fucking league. He's ugly man. <laughs> it's right, a you, bitch. Should, you should reach out. Um, yeah. What we have here, Nate Hatred uh, and the Messiah versus the wife beater Nick Gage. This is a double dog collar match from uh, CZW Night of Infamy 2, uh, November 15th, 2003. Uh, now, Messiah dedicated this match to his little brother, Ryan, of course. R.I.P. Ryan Messiah. Um, Eric Mo- Arjula makes mention of this, and it's very fucking awkward, isn't it? Well, it's awkward only because it comes immediately after uh, they said that when CZW was in Italy a few weeks ago, which we're not going to talk about that extensively, but yes, CZW ran a show in Italy in October of 2003. Um, uh, Apparently, the Polizia had to uh, roll up on Nate Hatred and pull Uzis on him uh, when they were in Italy, and Nate Nate Hatred said, or no, the the Polizia said no speak English, according to what 
Gargiulo says. I lost the plot of that completely. Halfway. <laughs> I I, have, that's not Italian. That's not uh, any language. But no it's also, speaking English. It's also a very bizarre racial caricature. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's Eric Gargiulo's own race. So yeah, right. Bizarre. Yeah. Um, but it the, does. It's like this guy is your like villain super heel, and it's just like. And then he does like after the match, he does like, this is for you, Ryan, and he has his name, like Brad uh, Brad Allen style on his uh, on his wrist I didn't tape. See it on the tape. Like, That's funny. Yeah, and you're like, it's just like, oh, this guy's like a human being. Eh, uh, I don't know about that. Like, He's the Messiah. Well, yeah, but it's, from from like, XPW it's from the backyard wrestling video game. Yeah, that's when you remember. Well, oh yeah, well, nobody in XPW is a human being, but it's still it's Definitely like not. it's fucking weird. It doesn't. It's very like it's it's very amateurish in the way that they uh, did it. Right. I don't know. Um, we got uh, the motherfucking but... wife beater returning from retirement in this. Um, we... Now his retirement match, I was there live for, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. November seventeenth, two thousand two, versus Zandig and the. Uh, no rope barbed wire. I quit. Uh, bare canvas barbed wire. Canvas fans bring the weapons match uh, from Night of Infamy one. I was there for that. Hell of a thing. Uh, wife beater comes out throwing chips into the crowd. Classic wife beater. He kicks so much ass. Um, Max Smack and the Weed Whacker make a nice cameo. Um, and then we get our, our a real good shot of Frank Talent coming out and yelling at Max Smack. Now, do you? Do you want to tell the fine folks who Frank Talent is? Frank Talent's an interesting-ish character. I say <laughs> interesting-ish because not really, but it's like... He's the best heel of the era. Yes. Not written as such, but just by definition. Kind of was, though. He kind of... I feel like well, he embraced he, it. He embraced it in the same way that uh, the late, not particularly lamented... Uh, Rock and Rebel right, embraced but, the public knowledge that he had the li- a license. Right, it was like everybody tell, knew. So tell the fans like who who what Frank Talent's role is. Um, he I forget his ex- exact position with the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission, but he was he was the representative for the Pennsylvania yes. State Athletic Commission. He was the guy who yes. who stopped them from smashing glass in the ECW arena. That's the most important thing. Um, is that when they banned light tubes from the ECW arena from shows held in Philadelphia. Um, he was the guy who sat at ringside and I don't know if it was a character or if it was just actually his job, but he was the guy who enforced the rules and made sure to stop them. You know, when Max Smack brings out a weed whacker, he yells at Max Smack. Um, now did don't you fucking ever... hit any weed whacker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, did you say weed whacker or weed eater? What was your, Weed whacker. Okay, so in in Texas it was always weed eater. I don't know. Uh, it's I always interesting... think about that. Yeah, I always think about that as being like a uh, what like a, a poison would be. A branded term. No, no. What like a? I'm trying to think of. Oh, like weed some... eater is like the actual product that you like your your uh, lawn uh, care product. Yes, something like that. Your where... uh, your soil. Uh, what the fuck do you call that? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, the the. The grow a fucking pesticide, pesticide, not pesticide, anti-pesticide, whatever it's called, um, spermicide, spermicide. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> Zandig apparently won the CZW title from Messiah in Italy, uh, which seems a bit odd. Uh, but what seems even more odd is the fact that he is the special guest referee of this double dog collar match. Um, so that's weird, right? Uh, at, at a certain point. Gargiulo says, does the wife beater have ring rust? Which, 
uh, he's a he's a fucking barely trained maniac who eats <laughs> chips in the middle yeah. of the match. Two, uh, I will say I was disappointed that he was eating Lay's and not hers. Oh, I didn't what notice. What the fuck, Peter? Yeah, that. Well, and a cage of death. And it was like, who didn't... It's like, who fucked this up? You get the man bag of hers. Yeah. That's, like, that's part of... That's part of... Sour cream and onion. Uh, preferably, uh, regular blue bag also works. Sure, but sure. I don't know. I've never had a bag of hers. That's that's a regional chip. I'm not super... Yeah, it's, 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 it is the... It's the Philly. I mean, there's a lot of chips up up here. Actually, I had a friend. Sure. She, she worked at an Uts, the Uts factory in Hanover, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, and it made her want to kill herself because all of the grease like saturated into her clothing, and it was just it a little horror show to be fine. there. I don't well, see any problem with that. I know. I mean, I would have loved it, but she's a sensitive sort. Sure, sure. I actually had a bag of uh, Zaps. Which Hell are yeah. from down south, of course. Uh, the Zaps Voodoo Chip, fantastic. Hell yeah, those. love those chips. Yeah, I love those chips. Um, <laughs> man, the wife beater has some classic like cane offense. Uh, yeah. He does the slow motion power slam. He does that Kevin Nash fucking side slam. Um, but he has one move that Kane never did, which is the uh, fist drop to the balls that he would perform <laughs> right after doing a. Uh, a very extreme, fast jack-off motion. Um, classic, classic beater. Love the guy. Love this guy. Um, His SDO is good. His I, SDO is better ha- than it should be. I have that written down, actually. I, 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 yeah. What are the exact words, I think, is uh, he has a good STO when he slows down to hit it. Um, so <laughs> yeah. he, hits a, he hits a good one and a bad one in this match. Um it's yeah. better than anyone I've ever seen Chris Daniels do, and that guy's the fucking ring general. So that's right. Suck my balls. The, uh, suck, suck your half cut ass balls. The BME. Uh, suck Bucky's half cut ass balls. Christopher Daniels, fallen angel, curry man, fucking Nazi. I would prefer to not uh, put my balls in his mouth, um, especially when they are so sore. Um, so he's gross. Yes, I, I have... also share a birthday with him. Oh, that's that sucks. that sucks ass. Well, it doesn't really matter. Um, what none of us? I, I just I just hate suck. I just hate that guy. Yeah. Even he's... though he's not a bad wrestler, he just pisses me off so much. His existence. Look at him. He's gross. Mm. He looks like a, he looks reptilian. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, this so, match is fun. Yeah. So I have this written down. Uh, I shared this with you earlier. Um, I'm watching this. It's 11, 11 a.m. I'm at work icing my cut ass nuts. I'm leaned way the fuck back in my desk chair watching special guest referee Zandig perform the laziest near fall 2.999 count ever. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling all right. And right now, I'll tell you, it's what is it? It's 12.07 a.m. Uh, on the next day. It's 1.07 where you're at. And um, and I got the I got the frozen corn or peas. Not sure. Still not sure on my nuts. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling all right about this. Um, we get some fucking unprotected chair shots, of course. Uh, the ceramic pot over the head. Classic. Yes. Classic. Doesn't uh, break the first time, breaks the second time. Kind of doesn't, though. It kind of barely breaks. falls off his head <laughs> and, and it shatters. Bump. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. It shatters when it hits um, the ground. What do you think is Zandig's windbreaker? Oh, uh, so as far as, um, as far as special guest referee gear... Uh, I have it just one notch below the hot pants, the Shawn Michaels hot pants. Xantic's <laughs> um, um, counts are, they're weird because they're, 
it, it, he's trying to do like the slow count for the heels, and then he does like a, a genuine fast mm-hmm. count when um, Nick Gage gets a pin attempt. But his slow count is like it, it's very Torontis. Mm. You know what I mean? It's I had that like, written down. Uh, El Hermano yes. del uh, del Herantes, uh, Torontes. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I have. Well, what I said it wrong. El Hermano de Torontes is what I have written down. Um, it's, it's it's fucking fantastic. It's so it stupid. It works. It also is like I've seen much slower counts. Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's Zandig. It works though. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, this um, match is this match is weird. Uh, I'll say this about double dog collar is that it basically dictates that the that your partners or that your your opponent, the person you've paired up with to to brawl with, is going to be the guy you brawl with for the entire match, unless you know one of the people takes their collar off. Uh, which would never happen, right? And then Messiah takes his dog collar off. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple of there's like one spot in this that I really like, which is uh, Beater doing the sidewalk slam off of the apron through a table, um, which doesn't sound like a sick spot. Sidewalk slam is one of the lamest moves you can do, um, but when you see the way Hatred lands, the way the table just gives way immediately. Uh, and the way Hatred lands on his tailbone and the look in his face when he hits the ground and it just looks like he just shattered his coccyx. It's it's good. It's real good. Um, and we'll get part another the, really good sidewalk slam later on. Yeah, part of the Nate Hatred essence is um, taking horrible bumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean that like necessarily every bump he took was like from was like I mean that he couldn't bump. He and takes up his tailbone to... a lot, and he and he has uh, his elbows out. It's fuck. He's a bad bumper for sure. He's bad in the in the tables match or first match of the night. He there's a cool um you know somersault sense on that Nick Gage does, and he and uh, Nate Hatred eats shit on the guardrail. Mm-hmm. Clearly hits his head on it. He didn't have to. He wasn't but... coordinated in a way. No, but it but. It's fun. It, it adds to his appeal. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with whatever yeah. he's doing, even if he's not doing it on purpose. Um, so, I don't know. They give fucking Beater a double press slam off the stage through a table. Really good aim, I'll say. Um, it's like an eight-foot drop through a table. It's yeah. pretty low end on the in the grand scheme of these, these bumps. Um, but... Um, this is the first time we get to hear Garjulo say the heart of the Marine about wife Peter. <laughs> um, I love the idea of um, like the wife Peter. I, I don't think he fought a, a mm, I guess his, his service was not, would not have overlapped with any actual war. So he probably, he probably didn't do this, but I think it'd be really cool to see him over there. Uh, you know, uh, f- you know, fighting uh, the the men in the the white pickups with the red cr- red X's on them, giving them STOs, doing the fucking not the mother effing bomb. What was his move called? The choking bomb. Yeah. Yeah, giving them that off a of fucking truck, breaking a... fucking tubes over um, people's heads. Yeah. You know, taking out Al Qaeda one by one with light tubes. You know, um, Seagal had that movie where he cast Rob Van Dam, and he has the other one with uh, Josh Barnett. No, but I believe you. <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, rhetorically, cast Wife Beater instead. Sure. Rob Van Dam, that dude, like, Rob Van Dam is, like, a special ops guy, 
No fucking way. Like, huh? wife be- why not get wife beater if you're going to go that route as all? Sure, sure. I think wife beater um, – I'll say this about wife beater. The CTE that he definitely suffers from these days uh, from all the unprotected chair shots, I don't think it's that big of a deal because this dude probably did not have a whole lot of fucking shit going on up there in the first place. Um, we get some really sick face washes from Gage in this match. Uh, he's a crisp fucking worker. Capable of hitting his capable of hitting his offense clean while also looking like a dirty psychopath. Um, I, I does this match have a finish? I don't think it does. It doesn't have an official finish. Okay. It we get a um, what happens is we get. I, I mean, everybody just sort of abandons the collar. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like the press slam. Like at that point, you know, both Messiah and Nate Hatred have detached there, so it's like it's fucking done. Um, right. and we get a high five group run in and then the return of well, Uncle Lobo. So I have that written down, but first of all, I should, I want to, I want to mention Johnny Cashmere comes in and attacks the oh, high yeah, this five. Needs, this needs to be said. And this is like a weird mini angle that probably happened in one what, show. Um, yeah, we don't have context for it at all, really, but it's, yeah, and it's fucking bizarre. We didn't watch the rest of the show. We didn't watch the October shows. Um, at some point, Johnny Cashmere did turn. The Backseat Boys broke up. Johnny Cashmere turned to the high five. Um, he comes out. He starts smashing people uh, with chairs. Um, he gives like a pretty shitty chair shot to Adam Flash, I believe, and the crowd boos. And it's just like, yes. wow, that was lame. And yeah, then he, the, the- go ahead. The, the crowd is not fucking buying into any of this. They don't – even if they thought it was sincere, they don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like I don't think that they that anyone there, even the dumbest of CZW fan, really bought it. Yeah, no. No fucking way. Uh, he, he swerves immediately, uh, smashes Zandig in the head with a chair. Sick fucking chair shot. One of dozens <laughs> that we've watched <laughs> in the yeah. last two days. Um, and yeah, they swerved him. They swerved him. That's, you know, classic Gargiulo being a loud fucking guy yelling into the void. Um, and then, you know, beat down on Zandig. Ian Knox comes in. I want to say before Lobo, because Lobo does return, uh, the new age Punisher Lobo. Is that right? Or is that B-Boy? Yes. Uh, no shit. Uh, doesn't matter. New age Punisher is, is B-Boy, B-boy but well, whatever. Uh... But Lobo has a cool Lobo does have a cool nickname. I don't fucking remember what it is though. I'll look it up. He has the Punisher uh he loves Punisher for sure though, so that's sort of why you think that. You've never seen Lobo not wearing some Punisher gear. Um No, Ian He is he is the one man army. That which is that's a solid that Yeah, and he loves him like Volador loves him, you know? But okay, sure, sure. Uh, well, you know what? I think we may have found one person uglier than Volador. Uh, <laughs> it's Lobo. Uh, but before Lobo comes in, I do want to say because uh, Ian Knox is not going to get shouted out on any podcast ever. Um, so let's give Ian Knox his due. Ian Knox comes in like a fucking house of fire, um, baby face trying to save the boss. Um, gets swarmed immediately, and then Lobo comes out now as a baby face. The last time we saw him would have been. The end of 2002, uh, getting defeated by Zandig for control of the company. Obviously, the fascist overlord who stole the company from the dig. Um, but he's back. He's got his hair cut. Um, he's goofy as fuck. 
Um, and then Zandig gets on the mic, right? Or did you have something to talk about with, with Lobo? No, no. Um, I have something, but I'll get to it in a second. Uh, Zandig tells Johnny Cashmere that it's going to be him and him and Zandig, Cashmere versus Zandig in the cage to start. And he's, uh, he's I believe he says, and I'm going to kill you like a pause like a weird like (laughs) so weird thing about zandig promos is that he always seems like he's got more words than what actually come out of him i'm immediately reminded of uh death wish five sure sure dandruff i can't do a bronze uh yeah uh uh, fuck i have to take care of that dandruff problem for you <laughs> I, I wish uh, I had that clip. I, that's that's I know, one of my I most uh, my most retweeted posts of the last year was that clip where the guy gets blown up with the exploding soccer ball. Uh, <laughs> Sam will uh, will definitely know what we're talking about, uh, and hopefully most people will. Um, yeah. And then then Lobo uh, celebratory runs around the ring slapping the hands of the CZW faithful. They're so excited to see him. He's so excited to be playing babyface again, clearly. Um, but he looks so silly. Um, the different boy, yes. Jimmy Lloyd, you know, comparisons are obvious. Um, but watching him do that reminded me of, and I know you'll get this. I don't know how many people will, but it reminded me very much of, uh, of Mark Corrigan from peep show. Yes. Uh, when he goes to dance class with Sophie and he opens the box to impress her with his uninhibited dancing. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yes. It's exactly what Lobo looks like running around. So he... <sighs> he's very, he's very Mark Corrigan. Think about David Mitchell as Lobo in the Lobo <laughs> biopic. <laughs> Could happen. Uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, it fits. It's... Uh, you get Big Mac Smack slapping hands. Love yeah. Big Mac Smack. Um, icon of the show. For that's sure. gone girls chat yet, but well, <laughs> right. that's back, luckily. Right, right. Love you, Ashley. Uh, Love you, big, big, ap- big episode of that coming out. Or, well, big episode of Street Fight Radio coming out with with them as guests, I guess. I'm not really sure. Shout out that you'll, that neither of you will ever hear, but I, I just love you guys so much. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian uh, if you're out there, come on the come on the show. Come on this show. Um, you're not listening, but that's fine. Um, Followers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this sets the stage for Cage of Death 5 suspended. Uh, yes. This is um, – we do get Zandig um, laying out the concept of the suspended. Kind of. Patch, a but, little bit of it. It's, it's conceptual as hell. So we've got – and this is Cage of Death – Five suspended. Okay. Cage um, of death, baby. That's um, right, cage of death, baby. Um, would you like to talk about the uh, pre-match video? Uh, were it's they pre-match, the pre-show? Were, were they they intercut clips of Messiah and the Backseat Boys with, with clips uh, of Mussolini and Hitler and Stalin and Castro. It's, sure, they got all then, all the greats in there. And then you get Zandig with uh, JFK, right. Martin Luther King Jr., and Winston Churchill. Hell yeah. That's... Hell yeah. There's not much more to say about that, but that fucking rules. Oh, um, that's so CZW. That's so, that's so that mes- the Masada promo. Yeah, for sure. For he sure. talks about the, uh, the World Triangle League, and he goes off in the Germans and the Japanese. Piece of I, shit. I never really uh, got that far in that promo. Um, uh, but so we've got... Frogs. We've got 
We got our main event for this evening. Six on six, Cage of Death Five, The High Five of Messiah, uh, Nate Hatred, Turn Acid, Johnny Cashmere, of course, the Backseat Boys, B-Boy, the New Age Punisher, and Adam Flash, who you've probably never heard of, versus the CCW Army of Zandig, Lobo, the one-man army, the Wife Beater, the King, Nick F. Engage, Ian Knox, who you've probably also never heard of, (laughs) and a mystery sixth man. Um, Now, there's like a a pre-match promo where John House has a really cool look. CCW polo, uh, yellow, you know, and then the weird black skull cap, ridiculous Oakley knockoffs, looking like a real fucking tool. Uh, (laughs) There's some guy in the back with the high five that has a suit on. I don't remember this guy. Do you- I don't really remember him either. Uh, Gargiulo calls him their lawyer. He okay. references him by name. Okay. Well, he's... He's the lawyer. He's no, he's no Maven Bentley. He doesn't get bumped, so he doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. So, I've got... If you'll, if you'll indulge me, I wrote down... Uh, pro- it looks like about 500 words on me trying to describe the structure here. <laughs> I would love for I love to indulge you, Bucky. Um, what so, what else have I been doing? <laughs> right, uh, the, and I love it every time. That's what we're doing here, right? Um, uh, so, okay, Cage of Death Five suspended. Um, this is a six versus six war game style match. In the middle of Viking Hall, there's the standard yellow Cage of Death cage that CCW's annual Super Show is known for. Um, this is the one you've all seen in the clips and whatever whatever exposure you've had to the cage of death concept you've seen the yellow cage um there is a second ring closer to the eagle's nest where the hard cam is located uh that is filled with one million thumbtacks and i say one million thumbtacks with air quotes uh and we'll talk more about that later um and then there is a chain link fence sort of scaffold extending from the eagle's nest, level with the eagle's, eagle's nest, the eagle's nest, uh, not actually not level, a few feet higher, um, extending over the thumbtack ring and hanging over the edge of the caged ring. Now, <laughs> it's about level with the uh, top of the uh, the entrance gimmick. Right, right. Um, yeah which we've seen people go off of before. Um, now the, um, let's see here. The scaffold itself is suspended. Hence the name suspended. Also a callback to when they hung Zandig in September. Um, Tried to hang, uh, Nick Gage. I would imagine that was part of the motif that yeah, didn't come sure, through. Cause sure. really stupid spot. They were going to do it anyways. Um, Zandig had this dream years before this. He was always going to do this. Um, so it's like a, it's a scaffold that's suspended from the ceiling. Um, there's sections of the scaffold that are sort of walled with more chain link fencing hung at a 45 degree angle. And the scaffold is strong, strong as shit. Um, cause a lot of people bump onto it and it doesn't, it breaks once. We'll talk about when it breaks, but for the most part, it doesn't break. And so I, I took a look at this and I sort of did my own measurements. I would say that this scaffold is about seven feet wide from side to side. And it extends probably about 35 feet across the fucking ceiling of Viking hall. Do you think that's fair to say? That's about fair. Yeah. Because Um, it goes from the Eagle's nest over an entire 16 foot ring over massive gaps between the rings. And then 
up over it might be 45 feet it i was going to say if anything you're underestimating i, I yeah. mean it's it's fucking long it's it's impressive it, it's shockingly well built and mm-hmm. and it's 18 break... feet above the floor i'd say uh 20 yeah. feet maybe uh 15 yeah. feet above the surface of of either ring insane and of course in the cage of death you have all of your cage of death style weapons there's a fucking cactus all that sure. kind of shit all that shit that the Zandig just loves to just like throw in there to just be like, this is fucking mash nobody else will ever do. Right. Uh, uh, Garjulu keeps talking about innovation. It's like it the, is the, fucking. Oh yeah. It's cool as shit. Nobody um, would do this. Nobody else would think to do this dumb shit. No. This is, this is the demolition man, John Zandig. <laughs> uh, That's right. Man who was lied about his age. So many times. Do you know that he's listed as being born in 1970? He was. Well, he he clearly traveled from. He traveled to the future from the fucking colonial age. If uh, he's yeah, if he's if he was uh, 33 years older when this match happened, um, he's a fucking dog. Literally, <laughs> he's 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 really several hundred years old. Yeah. Um, I believe he moves really, like it too. In, yeah, I believe he was actually born in. 64 sure Even that seems a little but, you know the yeah, uh the the controversy on like when tommy Wiseau was born and he's oh, like yeah. no i'm 25 and he's like 50 <laughs> yeah same thing yeah uh you know my favorite millennial comedian john zandig that's right i bet you know I bet we, could, my, we could i was pro- gonna say he voted for mike bloomberg Okay. <laughs> uh, we could probably draw a bunch of uh, uh, parallels between Tommy Wiseau and John Zandig, actually, if we tried. Yeah, um, fewer between Dan Ninen and John Zandig, but sure, I'd like sure. to think that there's one there. Yeah, um, yeah. Dan Dan Ninen is uh, he's he's about to hit thirty. Is that right? Um, yeah. I I man, no. I'm wondering now. Um, would James Franco? If he played Tommy Wiseau, would he would he play a good John Zandig? Um, some people would say he did not play a good Tommy Wiseau. I think he did. It just wasn't a good movie. Um, yeah, I'd I th- agree. I think uh, I think James Franco would be a great John Zandig. He's problematic enough to play the part. Oh, uh, hell yeah! <laughs> hell yeah! I love this guy. Sh- he's definitely. I mean, you saw him fuck it. You saw, like, his photo shoot of him, like, fucking the mannequin or whatever. Sure. That sounds up Zandig's alley, does it not? He would... He He's on record as uh, being abusive to Busy Phillips on the set of Freaks and Geeks. That sounds like Zandig to me. Um, so, I guess the rules of this match are basically that each member of each team has to make their way across the scaffold, set foot inside the cage, then climb back out onto the scaffold and back to the eagle's nest. The team with all or the most members back to the stage first wins. Um, now, the really weird thing is that you can be eliminated by hitting the floor. So if you hit the floor, I guess you're out. And you, yes, you don't and count anymore. That's a very significant element to this. Uh, not, not, not just because that's the primary function of the match is phenomenal fucking bumps to the floor. but. Sure. Um, is we'll get to it, but it's uh, it needs to be pointed out. Uh, but it's sort of a, it's a bizarre because you would think one or the other, right? Like if it was just I hit the floor, you're done. Okay, mm-hmm. 
And That's how they did it just, later. That's how they would do these matches later, is you just elimination style. Yeah, because it's it's really overcomplicating things. Or yeah. if it was just get back get in, get out, right. like sort of a, which is Lucha Cage matchish. Sure. It's like a little like convoluted, but if that's the rule that's I'll accept it if it's the one way. Yeah, this like, is basically the most complicated escape the cage match ever. Um with eliminations. It's insane. Um so, the match itself, um, well, one more thing. Uh, just like John Zandig did to MLJ in 2015, uh, Zandig fires Robbie Marino as the ring announcer and welcomes back Dennis Shock, uh, who nobody listening to this has ever heard of. Yeah. Um, but I like the guy. And, uh, and he is very much the 2000, early 2000s Larry Legend. Um, to the uh, early 2000s MLJ, which was Robbie Marino. Um, the Robbie Marino is an effective enough manager. I mean, he's hate, he, and that's, yeah, this is that's, what leads to him. Well, that's what leads. This is what leads to him eventually joining uh, Blackout. Yeah, but you could trace uh, that. You could trace that back to the 2000 to the Cash Marino brothers, which we that's a that's a fucking hole. We do not need to go down. <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. But it is. But he's a fucking dog shoot, a ring announcer. Yeah, sure. he sucks. He sucks. He's got a <laughs> terrible face. Um, so we start with Johnny Cashmere coming out to uh, some 60s girl group, like pop music. And he's dressed in like a uh, baseball helmet, shin guards. He looks like Mike Piazza, basically. He's uh, got a uh, big puffy coat. <laughs> yeah, it's um, Eric Gargiulo continuously refers to it as a baseball hat. Uh, no. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's not the point, Eric. And <laughs> should, should we bring up what uh, Eric Gardner sure. is Johnny Cash? Yeah, sure. He says he looks like one of those slow kids, and I fucking I, – I'm such a piece of shit for laughing, but it, I wasn't expecting him to say he it. looks like one of those slow kids. That's right. Sometime. Oh, god damn it. Um, a different era. A different era. It really um, was. It took me back to being an 11-year-old when – you know what? Eleven year old can laugh at anything. Sure, you can do shit, right? Sure, right? Um, beans, beans, the magical fruit. You know, <laughs> fucking still laugh at that shit. Um, it was really unexpected. It was, and um, he's not wrong. At least the conception, at least the popular conception. If like he looks like a South Park character. Let's not let's not break uh, this down anymore. We've already. <laughs> oh, let's just say he looks like a South Park caricature. I think that's kind of what they were going for. Okay, sure. It, it, I think is sort of the point. Ultimately, like he's definitely afraid of John Zandig. That and, and you know that's you know the point what, is though? that he gets up there and this match starts and he is clearly not. He fucking that's spears Zandig and that's begins so punching weird. him and biting him. He's beating his fucking ass. It's, it's Little, awesome. Um, the, the grown Robert Eiler himself, Johnny Cashmere. <laughs> he went through going... light tubes and barbed wire at Unf and Believable. He massacred the wife beater and sick Nick Mondo at Hate Club is dead. He's no stranger to this shit. He's fine. He's fine. He so John House it. will eventually say, "This is I've never seen Johnny Cashmere busted open before. Yeah, no. I don't think. And it's like, John House, you, you fucking idiot. Yes, you have. He's just, John House has... Uh, memory issues due to his uh extreme opioid use um yes. so the rules fall apart immediately in this or at least i think they do um but they don't because i figured it out afterwards um as messiah and Trinacid both come out at the same time uh strut their way across the scaffold to to go shorty it's your birthday um and you get three on one on zandig and it's just like what 
This isn't War Games. This is not this War is, Games. Apparently. This is, not, this is not the Dusty Rhodes vision. No, this is not jazz to me. This is what this is. Exactly. Is, oh, fuck, it's I a to say it. Royal Rumble style drawing for random numbers, I guess. And yeah. whatever, you get multiple, uh, like people on one and an advantage a heel advantage situation uh easy e hits and b-boy comes to the, down the scaffold um and then uh which i remembered this happening far later in the match but apparently it happens real early the sixth man hulk hogan or the hulk hogan of the ecw arena natural born killers hits and it's fucking new jack and did you i mean i'm not gonna say that i did because i don't want to sound fucking lame as shit and MLJ-ish to be straightforward and said that but when you hear that and you see New Jack it's like <laughs> oh, no. oh hell yeah I know what I you're gonna it. say <laughs> what did you rap all the words to <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna just fucking pop I love it I okay love well when you said New MLJ I assumed that you no, were watching I mean, this just so sincere and so stupid and corny and bitch made but it's I'm like gonna... fuck it New Jack is the best I, don't I love think, New Jack. I don't think that's fair to, br- to bring MLJ's name into this unless you're going to go all the way with it. Um, I think I, I do like to imagine MLJ cannot watch a, a, a New Jack match without uh, saying the words back up in your ass with the resurrection. He <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so New Jack comes in. All the members of the High Five look terrified. Uh, there's a great shot of Johnny Cashmere looking terrified. B-Boy is now trapped 20 feet, 20 feet above the floor with New Jack, who appears to start stabbing him, but it's all very far away. You can't really tell what's going on. The action at this point isn't much, but it's insane. The crowd loves it. Um, and then, of course, this is CZW. So New Jack immediately turns heel on Zandig. <laughs> starts staple yeah. gunning him. Uh, I mean... There's a gimmick once in the late 2000 uh, WCW where Chronic, you know, they were doing the their ripoff APA and they turned on um, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright because they ran out of money like mid match. Okay. That's literally, but like, shoot, like Zandig just stopped, pe- just like had enough money for that. He had and, enough money for the entrance. Yep, yeah, the entrance, and, and that's it. And then Messiah picked up the the balcony dive tab. Yeah. Lobo and... is out next. Um, this this is a so I I remember the second half of this match really well. I feel like, but the first half it's not great. It's kind of a mess. Um, yeah. But Lobo comes out. He's fucking. He looks like Mark Corrigan. He fucking, he he hits a super high speed lariat on B Boy on the scaffold. Um, runs into the ring just. House of fucking fire. Uh, I I feel like I need to reevaluate some Lobo. I don't know. I mean, we should. We're probably gonna watch some more Lobo. I mean, yeah, but I some... need to do a I need to do a complete and accurate Lobo. Lobo. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Ian Knox is out next, uh, and we're evening up the sides here. Uh, it's hard to keep track, but Ian Knox is out, and he and B Boy get up there on top of the scaffold. They trade some basic throws. Um, you know, scoop slams, hip tosses, except they're on a scaffold 20 well, fucking feet above the ring. Yeah, it's, um, it's not, it's, it's fucking cool. Um, yeah. Ian Knox is like a weird, because his role in this is, like, he's one of the m- most entertaining guys in this match. Oh, he um, kills it. He kills it. And he was done, like, 
two months after this. <laughs> yeah. He did not okay. have a long career. And it's like, should he have? I don't know. Was Ian Knox really good? I don't fucking, I don't remember. I don't, I barely remember him at the time. Like, I was coming around I, on Ian Knox. I was getting every single CCW uh, Viking Hall show at this point. And I was, I was really into the tag team with Adam Flash. And then Adam Flash, of course, turned on him, which is how we, part of, part of the, many feuds this there's so much so many feuds that went into this um ian knox fine yeah he 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 was in uh i think he was in tournament of death maybe and, and, all right, he, i don't know he may have not been in tournament of death but he he was in a death match in dover and i was like oh yeah. this guy's okay this guy's gonna he'll take some fucking barb i think it's like him and z-bar threw barbed wire pumpkin pumpkins at each other or something yeah, he just didn't have – but you're like, man, this guy – I want to see this guy have a career, like, based off of this. It's like, this guy fucking doesn't give a shit about his body or anything. It's like, he kind of deserved to have something more than he did. It's yeah. a shame, but it's also – hopefully he's a piece of shit, I guess. My no, it's always sort of – it's the Bobby Zavala rule, you know, where it's like – remember when uh, the Maximo, nope. um, La Mascara, when they destroyed Ultimo Guerrero's car and nope. Bobby Zavala <laughs> was quietly fired with them? don't remember at all <laughs> I, I, I don't remember him being a part of that he um, wasn't part of it he was quietly fired and nobody knows why it's like he had to have done something really shady and he's barely popping up on indies like he won super astros like every couple months and it's like i hope he did something shady like he was i liked him i he was a, he was pretty good for like his experience level i hope he's a piece of shit like i hope he didn't just get completely screwed over by cmll it's like sort of like that sort of sometimes that's my least favorite thing to happen is when i'm rooting for someone to be human garbage just because it's like oh at least they deserve their life to be ruined it's like i hope Ian knock sucks apparently because he's fucking great in this match and he i think yeah, more he, likely than that i think ian knox is probably just like a fucking college student who decided he he did one big bump in this match and he moved on um, hopefully I, I i hope i don't want him to be a bad person and i don't I'm know i don't know i'm happy to immortalize him on this podcast uh the only podcast that will ever say his name um he knocks with two axes he's about to do some crazy shit he irish whips b-boy into the 45 degree angle part of the scaffold which gives way um in what looks like it definitely wasn't planned uh, the chain link section that is hanging at a 45 degree angle begins swinging as B-Boy just falls, eats shit into the thumbtack ring. Yeah, hits the ropes. Hit, yeah, um, does not bump I'm like not he's supposed to. Sure, I, I'm not sure if it was on land theoretically, but it doesn't look planned. Yeah. I don't think B-Boy saw it coming, really. I don't think he really... If he, At best case scenario, it was planned and B-Boy still was like, oh shit, when it actually happened, because he does not... It's a very Vic Grimes sort of fall. Yeah, uh, um, like, he, he falls directly into uh, those thumbtacks. It is, it is, And B-Boy, not a deathmatch wrestler, obviously. Um, when have you ever seen him do fucking even table spots, really? It's not yeah. a thing. Um, has had a career renaissance, which is cool. Uh, B-Boy's great. Um, he's always this been is, around. That's not a renaissance. Yeah. This dude well, it's not a renaissance in terms of people being like, oh, shit, B-Boy's good. I remember he was on Lucha Underground and people said he looked like he had a fucking stroke. He, But like people are like, oh, no, he's actually like really good again. Had like, no idea he was in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he's in the, um, the ring full of thumbtacks. Um, and Ian Knox grabs hold of the now swinging section of chain link fence. 
swings forward and back a few times and just hits a really decent elbow drop from the scaffold into V-Boy and hundreds of thousands of thumbtacks. It's fucking crazy. Uh, and as he's doing that, you hear Voodoo by Godsmack begin to play uh, because Nick Gage is on his way out. Um, hell of a thing. Hell, hell, of a, hell of an image to go along with Voodoo uh, playing. Um uh, and it, it, it turns out it's not Nick Gage, though, which is weird. Uh, apparently, multiple people were coming out to Voodoo, or the sound guy fucked up, because it seems to just be Adam Flash? Yes. Uh, who sneaks down into the thumbtack ring, um, and then he and Ian Knox start to try to do Irish whips in there, but they're slipping all the, on all the thumbtacks. On the theoretical million fucking thumbtacks in this right, ring. Right, I mean, at worst case, I mean, lowest uh, number of thumbtacks I'm is gonna... a shitload. So, um... Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ian Knox grabs the underside of the scaffold, hangs as Adam Flash climbs to the top and spears him off into the tax, similar to the WrestleMania 17 Edge and Jeff Hardy spot. Um, if you've ever seen that match. <laughs> Pretty famous yeah. match, uh, except it's into one million thumbtacks. And so, there's not actually a million thumbtacks. Um, here's the thing about this, is they announced a million thumbtacks in September or October, um, but they did. I guess they didn't plan for the cost they would incur to get one million thumbtacks. Um, so a bunch of people on the CZW fans message board, I don't know if you remember this, um, began a fundraiser uh, to try to get them closer <laughs> to a million thumbtacks. And uh, they were, like, putting listings where you could get the cheapest thumbtacks. And basically people, and me and, like, four or five of my friends each, like, bought, like, 500 thumbtacks. Uh, we were basically buying them off of staples.com and having them mailed directly to the corner of Swanson and Rittner. Oh, um, yeah. And I think the final count was 270,000-something uh, was the actual amount of thumbtacks in the ring. It's a good amount. It's the it's most fucking shitload of thumbtacks. It's the yes. most thumbtacks you've ever seen in one place. I can guarantee that. Um, it's not a million. Uh, so, but fuck it. I'm going to keep saying a million thumbtacks because fuck it. Again, bottom side is a shitload of fucking thumbtacks. It's still a lot. It's yeah. more thumbtacks than a human being should fall from 20 feet into. Right. So it's bare, bare minimum that. Crazy shit continues happening. Adam Flash hits the leg drop off the top of the cage. Uh, New Jack does his fucking balcony dive uh, off the cage onto Zandig. Uh, great looking dive. Yeah. Uh, hits the elbow. Um, and at this point, that's. Uh, B Boy was eliminated after. He just. He just fell. He just like. He just. He, yeah, he was just, just done like, after shit. that. Uh, that's what you paid me for. I'm, I'm, go, I'm good. And yeah, it was good. He did a good job. He got stabbed by new jack uh new yeah. jack's gone so it's down to five on four is it because who the fuck knows because new jack switch sides it's it's such a fucking mess uh next big spot is trent yakuza kicks ian Knox off the top of the scaffold uh through a table a single table on the floor um, i like that the beauty of the table thing is that it is more spectacular but it breaks the fall but it's like how much does it really break the fall? Uh, well, as we'll discuss enough, in a right? I guess, but it it does just, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I would assume. I mean, it's the 
surface tension sort of thing in water. It's just sort of like I would imagine it helps, but the best part is that it looks fucking cool. Yeah, well, no, it, it looks way worse if you just hit the fucking ground. And it you does die. a ton. It does a ton. Um, Holy shit! It's a, but that's a great bump because he does basically a whisper in the wind off of it. Um, for, oh yeah, like, fucking absolute flip bump. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, and then it's got a great Gargiulo call where he says, "It's not worth it, kid. It's not worth it." And um, he's a changed man, John. He'll never be the same. He was a kid. Now he's a man. And John House is like uh, someone call nine one one. He says repeatedly. Um. So it's this match is a collection of insane bumps, you know, it's, uh, without a proper structure. But this is the blow off to a year long feud, um, so it makes sense. Uh, Nick what Gage, else would you want? Yeah, it's the stretch run of a fucking year long feud. Um, uh, it's we get the next big bump. Uh, do you want to go to the next big bump or not? I mean, I I have them all written down because fuck it, I don't. Oh know. yeah, it was, a, it was a nightmare to fucking. I just kept typing. Uh, Gage gets fucking drop kicked into a million tacks. Fuck it. I'm going to keep saying there's a million tacks there. Um, and then the camera like just pans up from that. Same shot. Uh, you see Gage on the near side towards the camera has just fallen on the thumbtacks. Um, and they pan up and Lobo is on top of the cage, the cage of death. It's a little scaffolding that's on top of it, but I keep referring to it as the top of the cage. So as not to confuse it with the other scaffolding, because there's two layers of... There's two different levels of scaffolding in this match, technically. Um, and he's got who? Uh, Do you have it written down? Because I have three different people written down. <laughs> is this the elimination spot? Yes, this is the... Okay, uh, he has... He has... He takes Dewey Donovan... And under Dewey, underneath Dewey Donovan is Johnny Cashmere. Okay. And this goes completely unacknowledged. I want to point that out. They don't reference that at all. Well, they can't tell what's going on. It's fucking crazy. I know, crazy. they can't fucking see shit. And, it's, it's, and we get a Lobo DVD Death Valley Driver for four tables. Uh, only three of them break? Fucking That's great spot. That's how it goes. Yeah, you know. It's hard to set that up. It was an amazing fucking spot. Um, so he's got – it's like the – I feel like John Cena's done this at times. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the double-stacked uh, fireman's carry. Uh, yeah. He's got – Dewey is basically piggybacking Johnny Cashmere. Lobo picks up. And Lobo's weirdly strong. It's I can't believe he was able to do this. Um, <laughs> on top of a fucking scaffold, he's got Dewey Donovan and Johnny Cashmere on his back. And yeah, he does his like it's like it's not just a DVD. This is like a, a fucking rolling like flip, almost a Finley roll, um, which is his classic like rolling Death Valley driver off yeah, the, the top you, of the cage. That the weird sort of um, velveteen dream sort of like where it, it kind of looks like shit. This does not look like shit. This looks rad. Yeah, I don't know the off of a cage through a bunch of goddamn tables. I've seen a couple. Velveteen dream matches, but I don't remember any of his offense. Um, he never did it off the fucking top of a cage, so it wasn't notable never, to me. He's never been in Cage of Death, and that's tragedy. He could have been. Sure. But um, he, he went to WWE instead of sticking. He and Leah Rush in Cage of Death, that, you know, that's isn't that the goal for everyone to be in Cage of Death? To be an anime? I suppose. Uh, to be monetistic? Yeah. Right, monetistic. The tweet got deleted, sadly. Um, so yeah, this is the craziest bump of the match, probably. Um, they go Thanks through so much. Uh, double stack of tables, which 
there's so much weight coming down if they hadn't stacked the tables and like you know one on top of another then these guys would have died um this yes. is definitely a case of they had they had to stack the tables this high or somebody would have really got hurt um and fucking johnny cashmere looks very hurt i will gift this yes. this will go on the account um and you know that they, they fucking this that's the peak you know they slow down into a finish uh, they they try to hang the wife feeder from the cage. Uh, Nick Gage gives Trin Acid uh, a fucking choking breaker on the apron, which yeah. is a weird thing to do. Uh, is that when they're that that's like there's minimal teases of somebody getting eliminated. But that's like the only time that it's really teased is like Nick Gage has like a foot off, but it's not even teased. It's like it's just sort of tangential to the thing yeah they're workers they're 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 psychology guys nick gage and trinacid they know how to work the fucking build that structure even though they're doing it in a match where it doesn't count and nobody gives a fuck um yeah that's exactly what that is a little teaser for nobody who's watching um i don't know uh nick gage then climbs the scaffold and, and yells at eric g that he's about to have some fun uh, yeah. which is cool. Nick Gage is, Nick Gage is always cool. Um, uh, James has always been cool. That's from Twin Peaks. Uh, Adam Flash and the wife beater make their way back to the stage. And, uh, and uh, I guess we're tied at one, one in theory. <laughs> it matters so much. Um, we got a score, right? And, and it's almost immediately erased or, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because wife Peter gives him a sidewalk slam off of the fucking scaffold into the 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 bed of a million thumbtacks. It's and so stupid. And I mean, even like, are they re-entered into the match? Um, who well, gives they, a shit, right? They do a double elimination spot. Also, at some point, um, exactly. While they're, yeah, they're on the scaffold. Um, uh, wife feeder grabs the rafters, pulls himself up, and does like a double foot, like a drop kick to Adam Flash, and that's where we get the second occurrence of Eric Gargiulo saying, "Never question the heart of a marine." Heart of a marine, yes. Fucking up. We- love it, love it. Um, did you? And we also get. Uh, we also. I mean, I think we probably knew that Big Mac Smack was uh, wife feeder's brother-in-law, but that. I don't remember that off the top of my head. I did remember that actually. I, I that was notable to me. I just um, remember that being very funny. Sure, it makes is. sense. But, Every, yeah, how? But who's else? the married person in that? That's the thing that is interesting to me. Is uh, wife Peter married to his sister? or Is he married to wife Peter's sister? I I, I don't want to get to Joe Lanza, but I I don't want to see what either of those women looks like because I've seen what both wife Peter and Big Max Mac look like. They're not handsome men. This is this. I mean, we've. I mean, hey, listen, not, not, you didn't see. Them, you didn't see the wife beater before he was in the armed service. All right, maybe yeah, he used to be a looker. I'm, yeah, neither of them is is exactly Robert Richard. This <laughs> sure. is the Robert Richard of Appreciation Society. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> That's such a fucking off-topic bit. Who gives a shit though? It's fucking late. Um, if uh, you're still do listening you think to this Paul, pod, do you think Paul Bosch had this in mind when he invented the steel cage match? That's thing great. That, that Eric Gargiulo wants to ask. Um, uh, finish comes. Um, you it's get, a great finish. Yeah, no, for sure. They're uh, 
they're 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 setting up uh it's nate hatred uh the messiah and nick gage that's all that's left and they're going to murder nick gage um and uh then you've got at the top of the cage uh nate hatred and the messiah they're gonna they're gonna jump off or something onto nick gage uh but nate hatred stops him uh grabs the messiah fuck it you know they they swerve him uh you hear zandig coming on the mic and he yells, now, hatred, now. <laughs> and then you hear Gargiulo say, the boss, he swerved him. He swerved him. Like Sandy's Oh, that's the... good Gargiulo. Thank you. Uh, I've been working on it for 17 years. Um, uh, Zandig is the fucking mastermind, uh, the true genius. Um, fucking Nick, Nick Gage covers the table in thumbtacks they saved like a thousand thumbtacks to put on this table climbs up they double press slam messiah off the cage through the table covered in thumbtacks as zandig shouts uh now kill that motherfucker um we get some good uh face washes yeah, yeah then they throw him out anticlimactic but fuck it the hate club is back hate club forever um uh, and that's the and that and then we get a you know, and then you get a good Zandig post match promo. Do you mm-hmm. want to do the Nate Hatred? Uh yeah. So we get a we get a weird uh thing where uh Nate Hatred uh <laughs> it's very strange. Um <laughs> Nate Hatred is very excited. He's very excited to be a babyface again, I guess. Um and he is, all the paint is has worn off of his face so he's back to that goofy uh nate hatred look that that we saw um a few shows ago and uh he says uh there's only one entity that's the hate club we're back and we're taking on the whole tag team division and we're gonna destroy them and bring respect to them titles It sounds kind of like Mick Foley, the way his voice cracks, but, you know. Yeah, it's Um, so bad. Yeah, (gasps) Nate Hatred, not known for his, uh, not known for his promos or his, uh, his, his face, uh, without (laughs) face paint on it, uh, known for, uh, being a terror in foreign countries, um, and getting people fire thunder drivers off of the stage, and that's, uh, that's that's the thing. Hate Club is back. They they reign supreme over the High Five. I'm pretty sure after this, the High Five disintegrated, dissolved completely. I think Zandig challenges New Jack to a match. Does that ever happen? Who fucking knows? It does, but I don't think it's a one-on-one. Sure, sure. New Jack doesn't work one-on-ones. Uh, you can't pay him enough for that. Uh, he's not Denzel. He's Denzel's friend. Um no, I think this is still. I think this still holds up as a crazy match. Um, if you've made it this far in the podcast, then uh, just ask us for a fucking playlist. I'm going to try to cut these out, and I'll make sure. If, if at the very least, you get your fucking Russian Facebook links so you can watch this. It's important that now you I, do. I do want to point out that the match ends with the babyface team in the ring. So technically, um, even though it, it, it really matter. ends just. Because Zandig calls it. So technically, if Nick Gage left the ring first, Mm -hmm. then the high five would win. Right, because Nate Hatred would still be in the ring, and he was technically part of the team. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, no. It does not matter one bit, but it's like, 
you know. <laughs> Allegiances change. Hey, since Nick, since New Jack officially changed sides earlier in the match, that means he is now a part of the, the high five, and Nate Hatred uh, switched sides at the end of the match. So process of elimination, uh, the Hate Club and CZW reign supreme. Um, yeah. And, of course, it's very sad um, what happened because Nate Hatred, of course, uh, passed away. Um, is there anything – do you want to touch on anything else before we just move into the, the brief eulogizing of Nate Hatred here at the end? No. Um, you get some good uh, Eric Gargiulo gloating over John House, which mm. is very like – yeah, you fucking oh, – there's a funny thing where um, – Eric Gargiulo, after Zandig challenges a New Jack to a street fight, he says, I wouldn't want to face that man in a street fight. I'm not talking about New Jack. And it's like, oh, my God, New Jack would murder you, Eric Gargiulo. <laughs> I mean, maybe I wouldn't want to fight, face Zandig in a street fight. He might, he'd probably have a heart attack, but who knows? I would not. Eric Gargiulo is dying either way, though. No way is he beating any of those men. He's, of not course, beating, goddamn, he's not beating fucking Dewey Donovan in a street fight, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, big fucking words out of Eric Gargiulo. I think it's worth noting that uh, Eric Gargiulo still runs a, a wrestling blog, and it's very clickbaity. Yes. Um, but it's I, 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 it's, I can't even tell you what it is. It doesn't matter. Um, I do want to say, um, if you want to go ahead and we'll tie a bow on this. Yes. Okay, um... Mike Keener, the referee, um, how about this? Nate Hatred's real name, Nathan Keener. Um, I'm on Mike Keener's uh, Facebook page right now, and he's still active. And I'm going to take a guess and say he's probably Nate Hatred's brother. Um, They look kind of alike. Um, He works for Comcast and lives in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania. Holy uh, shit, that's right. That's literally Sure. Um right no that that's literally like uh, not even a mile. Sure. Like you just walk down and I've been Clifton Heights, yeah. Um Nathan Keener, aka Nate Hedred, uh passed away in a car accident on September first, twenty eighteen. Um he's listed on the GoFundMe page uh by his girlfriend Tammy Jean as a beloved son, brother, boyfriend, wrestler, artist, dancer, and genuine good heart. Um the GoFundMe did not reach its goal of $12,822, which is a pretty specific goal. It did reach $9,305, which is pretty good. That's pretty fucking um, good. Sorry, yeah. that's not his girlfriend. It's his sister, uh, Tammy Jean, uh, presumably Tammy Jean Keener, um, or Tammy Jean Knee Keener, um, and uh, survived clearly by his brother, former professional wrestling referee Mike Keener. Um and it's very sad. Um, Nate Hatred, another one who's left us. Trent Acid, of course, uh, passed away a few years ago. Um, these are these are these are some scummy dudes at the time. But Nate Hatred is a guy who died in a fucking car accident. You know, um, he didn't die of fucking some some something of his own doing. In theory, um, maybe maybe it's drunk driving. Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> I mean, who cares? Who I mean, cares? I mean, right. Um, but he's, you know, he seemed like a good guy. He's got a beautiful face. His voice cracks like a young man going through puberty. And uh, when he puts his face paint on, he looks like 
the scariest person you've ever seen. And he's a monster. He's big Nate hatred. He's a profoundly sincere man. The Polizia um, in Italy, they had to bring out the Uzis for him, okay? And I think if there's nothing more to discuss, then there's no better way to eulogize Nate hatred and the end of this uh, two hour and 20 minute podcast than the king Nick fucking Gage raising a 666 bell salute to the the former king Nate Hatred um so that is wrestling is gross episode 3 yeah thank hey you for club listening. dead more like hey club live forever hey club forever that's the name of this one hey club forever 666 bells Bring that fucking ball for my brother.